I'm a fancy, fancy Englishman. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, December 19th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 262. This is No Agenda. Under threat of drowning here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern Wet California in the morning. I'm the former Soviet spy known as Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where it when it rains, it pours. <laughs> it's raining here too, if you haven't noticed. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yes. Uh, the swimming pool is about to overflow, actually. You have a pool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a pool. You got. Well, we a have pool. a pool too, as it were. <laughs> yeah, so. no kidding. Hey, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, and in the morning to all ships at sea. Yes, and the boots on the ground, the wings in the skies, and hams on the air. I've been requested to add to that, and of course to all of our human resources who are all charged up and ready to go in the chat room at noagendachat.net. Uh, loaded with electricity because uh, that's the way that your government loves you. And uh, they need to uh, tap your sources, so make sure you're recharged every day. So just before I came on here, we I uh, was watching the the end of uh, Meet the Press, and then that other show that's a CBS Morning, whatever the it's heck. It's funny. It is. Do we both watch that on uh, on Sunday morning? Because I, I was watching the No Labels guy, which is to me is like a, a new phenomenon. We got to keep our eye on. Well, explain it because I missed that. Oh, uh, so there's this group called No Labels, which, by the way, their logo almost looks like the No Agenda uh, logo, with a big no and then labels, and it's nolabels.org, and I guess it's... um, I think anything that would have a no on it would look similar. But when you see it, you go like, huh, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's, brilliant minds think alike, obviously. But... Yeah, uh, the guy on Meet the Press did not have a duck call, by the way. He was you know what, my duck call rolled off the desk. Or a kazoo, for that matter. This is the kazoo. <laughs> no, but you haven't seen this nolabels.org uh, outfit? It's no, kind of like me. a, yeah, they're trying to be kind of like a, um, a counter. What does it mean, no labels? Do they want us to go around buying stuff with no labels? No, it's a, it's a political group, and it's a counterweight to the Tea Party. That's uh, that's kind of oh. the idea. <laughs> yeah, Derivative. <laughs> that's kind of the idea, but it it, it consists of uh, of people from the right and people from the left. Oh sure, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure it does. You can look at it. Nolabels.org. Uh, yeah. Hold on a second. Let me do that quick. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't heard of this. I, you know, I don't hear of everything. I'm spending all my time watching Joy Behar. Oh my God! Please don't do that. It's really not good for your health. I have to take, I exercise a lot more afterwards, and then I take a shower. Put, put the labels aside, do what's best for America. We are Democrats, Republicans, and Independents who are united in the belief that we do not have to give up our labels. Merely to put them aside to do what's best for America. <sighs> Hold on a second. I keep typing the wrong thing in the damn URL slots. Too early in them. But look at the logo. It's like, hmm. It's interesting. Uh, it looks like one of our stickers. People should go to noagendastickers.com, print <laughs> out some look, stickers. It does look like one of our stickers, and, doesn't it? And, and goes <laughs> plaster the stickers around me. Well, it's still legal. They're making stickers illegal in Seattle. They're going to make them illegal around the country. So you only have a few, probably a year to put these stickers up, and the rest what, of it is. Stickers in general are just going to be illegal? You can't own gonna, a no, sticker? No, stickers, if you stick them on public property or a fence or a telephone pole, or anything like that, which is going to kind of pretty much ruin the hip-hop scene. <laughs> yeah. 
I just this lost, is dumb. Oh, I just lost my mouse. Where's my mouse? Here's my mouse. Put the labels aside. Do what's best for America. <laughs> We're Democrats. This is done by some bunch of PR. This is a PR. I, I, I like it. Like an insincere PR effort. Well, by whom? Not left. Not right. Forward. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, John. <laughs> Are you skeptical of this fine initiative? Hey, look, these guys be have a- the spark and ignite the fire. We, we, how, how come we can't get on Meet the Press with our no agenda message? Uh, because they would, th- because of, because of you and your flying saucers. <laughs> Actually, that, actually that, that would probably get us on the show just so they could marginalize yeah, the show. Yeah, just so they could, could, could mock us, exactly. You guys are crazy. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, the, I, I, you can just see the intro with David Gregory. With us today, this morning, on uh, Meet the Press, two gentlemen who have uh, definitely uh, been heating up the internet airwaves, so to speak. Um, their program, No Agenda, is uh, definitely garnering audiences all around the world, and they are providing a different view Albeit of flying saucers. <laughs> so, um, so let me get the uh, let's get the uh, our executive producers out of the okay. way for this week. So we only have a couple. Okay. <laughs> and I would like to remind people that we are supported by you. Please support us. We're not getting much in the last couple of weeks. Uh, ever since the uh, wiki the, the wiki thing took off, and we were actually hoping to um, to be able to divide up some money for Christmas. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Looks like we'll be buying our Christmas in January. Well, well, hold on a second. We also spent a ton of money getting everyone their, their challenge coins. Yeah, I think most of the challenge coins have been shipped except the overseas ones. Are they going out, though, the overseas ones? Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, I said this in, Eric, some more postage from the coffers. Greg, uh, Jeff Crowther, Happy Valley, Oregon. Uh, this is uh, this stems from the he's three hundred thirty three dollars and thirty three cents. Will be the executive producer. Mm. This stems from the Gitmo Nation Challenge Coin at NoAgendaChallenge dot com, uh, and he could use apparently some karma if you don't mind delivering some. Yeah, well, we can definitely deliver some of that. Uh, hold on. You've got karma. Bada bing. And then Anonymous, uh, who I, I assume is a woman, his <laughs> name is Anne, please t- treat as an anonymous, oh, an anonymous donation from Anonymous, that's interesting, uh, it, someone is, is this an, Is this an associate or a... Yeah, or? this is an associate producer, 200 mm-hmm. bucks, uh, and we, yeah, they, uh, they're working their way to knighthood, Un- the unknown knight. <laughs> I think we already have an unknown knight. I think we have we? a number of special uh, knights, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So those are our two executive producers. These are real credits. You should make note. Wait, that's and it? We, yeah, that's all we got. We got no 262. We have failed uh, on two shows in a row to get an exclusive member of the show title to to contribute. Yeah, the the show episode number is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah well, that sucks. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention that um, the uh, in the morning... A GX2 Christmas album is still available at noagendarecords.com. Uh, that's a, that'll make a great gift. And you can purchase it. Now, the physical product is now also available at amazon.com. So it's not just, cool. a, it's not just an iTunes thing. It's an actual, and, and yeah, I showed you the cover, didn't I, John? Of you and me, a nice, uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, probably for good reason. <laughs> Yeah. It's all kinds of nice little um, Illuminati things all over the. I mean, we are definitely mind controlling the children and doing a good job of it. 
Okay, well, we want to thank uh, Jeff Crowther and Anonymous for being the executive producers of episode 262, a palindrome at that. Uh, and um, yeah, it's, normally I have more people to talk about, but that's our. Uh, we won't have another palindrome till episode 270, uh, 272. Right. That's very. So, how astute of you, John. Yeah, there'll be another one followed, another 282 will be another one. Real credits is what we give away on this program. So associate executive producer and executive producer, you can put it on your IMDb, in your email signature, on your resume, and unlike the fake phonies in Hollywood, we'll actually vouch for you if someone wants to know if you actually were a producer on a real show, and I think that uh, this qualifies as one. All of you other slaves out there, please go and propagate it. is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it with me now. Shut up, slaves. And uh, I did want to say a big uh, in the morning to brand new human resource in Gitmo Nation. Her name is Wednesday Kane. Uh, born at 7.07 p.m. last night, just in time to catch Sunday's show. She's a month early, but she couldn't wait to get out there and hit people in the mouth. She was born on Saturday, named Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so why are we named Wednesday, Wednesday? I don't know. <laughs> My parents were hippies. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, who is who is actually running these United States, uh, John? Who is, who is the president, really? Uh, Biden. When you really think about it. I mean, seriously. Biden says we're out of Afghanistan. In, uh, oh, that's bull crap. That's what he said. No, no I'm not saying no, crap. No. He actually said that. He said it, but we were at the the United Nations. We just sent a message earlier this week that said, uh, at the 2014, we're going to tell everybody, don't pay any attention to it. Uh, we're going to be there a lot wait, longer. Wait, wait a minute. You're telling me that Biden would come out and say something that's bull crap? Oh, yeah. Well, we're only going across the border to, uh, uh, to Pakistan. Yeah, Afghanistan has done its bit. Have you noticed that they've amped up the anti-Pakistan stuff, and now the latest thing is the CIA guy? <laughs> yeah, they outed the station chief. Supposedly, yeah, yeah. They don't know. They they say it's the ISI, but they don't absolutely. They can't really pinpoint it. And it, is any possibility that the station chief was going to retire anyway? <laughs> yeah, he'll write a book. Don't worry, his book is on the way. He's got a three-book deal. A book. Yeah. But th- but this of course is after uh, you know some of our drones killed more people. Yeah, actually, I, I do. I have that clip. Yeah, I do. I have the. I was just. I was just casually watching uh, uh, our nation's treasure, uh, uh, the national news treasure. Hour. Yes, and uh, yeah, the national treasure. Uh, and there's this clip. And I unfortunately I don't have my mail up because I went to look at these labels. I got your clip. Is it the toss away? Yeah, the toss away. Yeah. Exactly. Should I play this? Yeah, play it. It's just like what? From Bernard Madoff's Ponzi scheme and U.S. drone aircraft attacks killed more than 50 suspected insurgents in Pakistan. And now the weather. <laughs> it's just like it just throws this out. <laughs> but it's killing children. If you look at the well, newspapers sure in Pakistan. Those things are crazy. Those things are blowing up the whole blocks. Those things are dangerous. And didn't because uh, you know about the one that landed in the guy's yes, backyard in, yes, in Texas? I know this is amazing. So a drone crashed. 
Here, I got the, uh, I think I have the... Uh, of course, it's not, that's not a Predator drone. This is one of those little bitty ones you could buy. Mm, I think it's like one of those little five-footers. Yeah, right, yeah. It's a little five-footer. I mean, it's a well, serious, the Predator a ones serious are like, drone. Like the size of a jet. Yeah, but this is, a, this is a still a serious drone. It could zap you with something. I don't think they're armed. It, well, maybe not. Maybe they should be. But anyway, the, the crazy thing is it crashed in the guy's backyard... And then the uh, the cops just uh, picked it up, sent it back to the owner. <laughs> it's like there's no investigation or anything. It's like, you this is crazy. This is not yeah, the way the airspace is supposed to work. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, some slight plane could cr- r- crunch into one of these things. You can't see them. They're too small. Here, it has a wingspan of 7 to 12 feet, depending on the model. And well, it can well, fly up to 80 thing. miles an hour and stay in the, hour, in the air up to 7 hours. I, I'm th- if I see one of these things, I am shooting it out of the sky. Well, I think the thing to do is if it crashes in your backyard, mm-hmm. now, this is a little piece of advice. Yeah. <laughs> this is not, I don't mean that for, the, for anyone to do anything illegal. However, put some stickers on it. I think putting some stickers on it would be a good idea. <laughs> some no agenda and relaunching it. I think the thing to do is to, first of all, I think these things are probably pretty cool to have. But yeah. you know they got a GPS in there that's beep, 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 yeah, beeping big, away. Yeah. So you got to cover <laughs> You gotta keep in your house. You should keep a a uh, some sort of a blanket, a lead blanket around the house, and uh, you know maybe clip off the antenna and throw some aluminum foil over the transmitter so they can't track it. Uh, even though they probably already got a bead on it by the time it crashes, mm-hmm. and then put it in your basement and then use it as a uh, kind of an ornament in the bar. <laughs> yeah, this is well, this is your advice. I think putting the stickers on it is a much better piece of advice. I'm crazy. Now, I, uh, I pulled this clip from uh, 2007 of our uh, president. This is why I, I bring it up. Uh, because I, I have a feeling so he's... we're back to... Wait, hold on. We're back to the... So who's in charge? Yeah, exactly. Question, okay. Exactly. And uh, I'm just... I, say, I still say Biden. Well, I think you're wrong. Uh, oh, Biden. Uh, well, here is uh, Obama, uh, candidate Obama with Michelle on 60 Minutes. And this is regarding his uh, smoking. Uh, and it's very interesting. Don't just listen to what is being said about his... And he's clearly lying. He's sneaking smokes while he's... You can hear their relationship is so bad, just the banter between these two. But really listen to her and tell me she isn't like... This guy isn't pussy whipped. Have a listen to this. That was one of my prerequisites for uh, you know entering into this race is that you know he couldn't be a, a smoking president uh, and so now he's a non-smoker. Well, he's you know it's, it's, how does, it's how does a, that it's a, work? It's like a recovering. Uh, right, right. It's like an alcoholic, right? right. You, he's uh, always a, a day at a time. Exactly. One day at a time. One day at a time. One nicorette. Uh, Stick a gum at a time. Right. <laughs> but this is where the competitiveness comes in because, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to lose this, right? He's not going to smoke because then I will have, you know, he'll have to hear too much from me. Exactly. You, you know, wanna, so you don't want to, he's not going out like that. So yeah. it's going to have a lot of people watching. Absolutely. Please, America, watch. <laughs> Keep an eye on him and call me <laughs> if you see him smoking. If you, if you see him slip. <laughs> Absolutely. You see him slip. Watch him. <laughs> so uh, she makes a really ugly face, by the way, when she's doing when she's talking about all this. 
And um, and, and I was reminded of this clip. Uh, well, first of all, because I was thinking, boy, I'd love to smoke a cigarette, and then thought, no, no, I'm stronger than that pussy ass president of ours. I was reminded of it. I was watching the uh, the West Wing Week, which is the uh, reality show they put together at yeah. WhiteHouse.gov. <laughs> yeah, you actually watch this. Routinely. Oh, I watch all that stuff. Yeah, I watch the president's address and everything. It's, so you don't have to. And if there's something interesting, I'll let you know about it. So, yeah, I'd rather watch Joy Behar. Yeah. So at the very <laughs> with Jay Thomas. I saw that episode. So at the very end of uh, the West Wind week, they come back with like a little epilogue with a little uh, clip that comes after. And this is part of the week was Michelle Obama's uh, Healthy Meals in School um, initiative, which uh, I guess there was either a presidential order or maybe some kind of bill was passed. But she is uh, at the at the lectern, at the podium. God knows where she is. And her the, her husband... You know, uh, the guy, what's his name? Oh, yeah, the president. He's standing off to the side, and uh, and she uh, says the following. We've been worked very hard to make sure uh, that this bill was a priority in this session, and I am grateful to you. Because I would have been sleeping on the couch. <laughs> you know, and so, these jokes, he makes these jokes all the time. He's It's always joking about how Michelle is the boss. It's a, he's making henpecked jokes. And, but it, but now listen to, what, to, the, to the banter as she comes back. But I, I am thrilled to be here. We, we won't go into that. Let's just say it got done, so you don't have to go down that road. But I am thrilled. I'm telling you. Work the- I, I have a feeling that uh, she really is running a lot more than we think. No kidding. And, uh, and there's one other woman in the White House who frightens me to death. Uh, as I her was, mom? <laughs> she's the, you know, no, her mom's living in the three. White House. No, no, no. Valerie Jarrett, who is the uh, uh, the senior advisor, uh, because, you know, Ob- the president had a meeting with this, the CEOs, and uh, now these were this was like a big deal meeting. There's nothing on C-SPAN. There's uh, no report, no readout, no transcript. Um, but Valerie Jarrett is the one doing all the interviews. Who the hell is this woman, and, and who died and made her president? She's coming out and saying, "Oh well, yes, the president, the president did that." Blah, blah. And she, it's and who is she? Who is she? And why is she in charge of so much? It, it appears I don't like her. Do we? What do we? What do we know about this Valerie Jarrett from Chicago? Well, she's from Chicago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh What? Well, let's see. She's a. Uh, she's the. I'm I mean, she, at you know, for the president to have she, advisors, by the way, she also has a nasty ass look. Just. just to put yes, it she does. Like. She has a, a Michelle Obama look. Well, it's just that mean. She looks yes. mean. She looks well, like a, I, I don't want to. Well, I, no, I no, she does. Mean. No, she does look mean. And it's so the president can have as many advisors as he wants. Okay, that's probably a good idea. But why well, is she? Officially, she's the senior advisor and assistant to the president for public engagement and intergovernmental affairs, which means nothing. <laughs> Thank you. She's a Chicago lawyer, businesswoman, and civic leader. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Prior to that, she was a co-chairperson of the Obiden, uh, oh, Obama oh, Biden. Obiden Transition Project. <laughs> right. Well, so she I came along for the Biden. I think that's a better name for. Well, him. listen, listen to a few minutes of her. Uh, She's born in Shiraz, Shiraz, where they make the wine. <laughs> Iran. She's Iranian. Really? She's a Persian. That's why she has that look. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's she's a, a mean-looking Persian. It's a, it's a new wrinkle. Well, yeah, so so the president doesn't do any interviews about the CEO meeting. 
she comes out and she speaks to the financial press. Well, President Obama finishing his meeting with the CEOs not so long ago on the agenda. The economy, taxes and getting companies to hire again. Well, let's head straight to the White House for a first on CNBC interview with White House senior advisor Valerie Jarrett. Also joining us is our chief Washington correspondent, John Howard. What the fuck is that music? Is that to like accentuate that this is a presidential piece? Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Ms. Jared. It's great to have thank you with you. us. Lots it's of a things, pleasure. Of course, lots of things on the agenda today, no trade, taxes, regulation, even innovation and getting some of all that corporate cash to work. What kind of commitments did the president get from these CEOs? Well, I think there was a complete alignment of interest. The CEOs who came today are very interested in getting our economy going again. Obviously, the president is. Jobs creation is his number one priority. And I think there was a complete um, uniformity of interest around exports. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. But this goes on for six minutes, John. Six minutes she's talking about everything so great in this meeting. How come the president doesn't come out and say something about it? Why is it her? I don't like it. I don't trust her and Michelle Obama. And I have a real problem with these two. And uh, and all I hear the president going is, oh, Michelle's going to kick my ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I don't want to keep the first lady waiting. Got to get to the Christmas party. <laughs> to be, uh, be in a doghouse. Yeah, I mean, this is this is not presidential behavior. It's okay so to make a joke from time to time, but it, I, I think actually it's very, uh, you could even look at it as completely anti-feminist. Uh, fe- I mean, it's... He's actually putting her down. If he did, if he's not sincere, if he's not really afraid of her, yeah, no, those are snide comments. It's nasty. It's nasty towards women. However, I actually believe he is afraid of her. I'm sure he is. She looks like the type of woman who would be one of those. You know, she looks tough. She looks like she'd take a baseball bat to him. Yeah. yeah thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Or like Lionel Richie's wife, who beat his ass too. Yeah, funny. there are tough. There are women out there that beat men. I mean, this is oh, like yeah, oh, oh, yeah. nobody oh, discussed it, but it's called you know it's, it's husband battering. It happens. Yes, it's, it's more prevalent than people. It's happening to me, John. She hits me all the time. I'm sorry. I just had to, to one reporter's emailed question about her divorce. We're talking about Valerie Jarrett. I'm reading from Wikipedia. Good Married time. in 1983, separated in 1987, which is not very long, Mm-mm. and divorced in 1988. Enough said in the Vogue profile. She further explained, "We grew up together. We were friends since child." in a sense. He was the boy next door. I married without really appreciating how hard divorce would be. William Jarrett died of a sudden heart attack in Ooh, 1993. Ooh, how convenient. Anyway. Yeah, it was the, it was the oysters. So, well, we don't know what happened to him. <laughs> no, we don't know what happened to him, but still. But you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just keeping my eye on this because I've heard it one time too many now. Oh, Michelle's going to beat me up. So either he really means it. Remember, we had... Um, what was Jared, it? What? Hold on. Let me read a little more insight here. Sorry. Remember, Sorry. Well, let me just finish. Remember it was Robin Givens who did the interview with Barbara Walters, and in the interview she basically said, Mike Tyson is beating me, and, every, and everyone like freaked out and then, and then did nothing, of course, for a year, and the, until finally she did an interview somewhere and said, you know, it really was true. The guy was beating me up. And I think yeah. the president is crying for help here. I think he is yeah, that's a afraid. Possibility. He's no really afraid. Attention to it because men aren't, you know, the president. For God's sake, I can't be that much of a weenie. Jared continued to work in the mayor. Mayor 
Daly's office. She was the deputy chief of staff for Mayor Richard Daly, during which time she hired Michelle Robinson, oh, a.k.a. A. Michelle Obama. Then engaged Barack Obama. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, these two, these two, uh, she, Michelle Obama is, is Obama's handler. And this Jarrett is the president. I'm telling you, why don't we just give her the job because she's acting like it? She's got this real interesting background. She keeps, uh, his crops goes from here to, until joining, until joining the Obama administration, Jarrett was the CEO with what? She was a, a, a secretary for the Daily Administration. She was the CEO of the Habitat Company, real estate development and management company, which she joined in 95. Yeah, she's a slumlord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we know that. Jared was a member of the board of the Chicago Stock Exchange, 2000 to 2007. <laughs> was chairman from 2000. What background does she have to, that warrants these these positions? That Jared's previous year's income in a 2009 report was three hundred thousand dollars salary plus five hundred fifty thousand dollars in deferred compensation from the Habitat Executive Services Inc. What is Habitat? I don't know. It's a, it's the real estate development company that somehow she became the uh, CEO of. Well, you know, let me just let me just say this: when Bill Clinton was elected president, didn't we all just see Hillary as kind of you know she was you know kind of cute girl in the background and took care of everything, and now she's the, one of the most powerful people in the universe. Yeah, so, so, you know, and it, I can't put that. I just can't get beyond that. She used to be wife of, and then she was the scorned wife of. Because clearly not hot enough, uh, you know. Bill had to go stray with uh, with others. Probably a lot more than we know of. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and then all of a sudden she's like the most powerful woman in the universe. You know. So I I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, well, they're trying to sink her. WikiLeaks yeah. is. Yep. 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 Well. Meanwhile, as the WikiLeaks tries to sink her, the uh, Eric DeShill sent in a couple of interesting. Uh, Back-to-back articles that came in. One, of course, which is the uh, Australians are trying to censor, quote unquote, censor the internet. Oh, it's not. It's not just the Australians. It's uh, no. Well, let me finish. I'm going to get to those two. But my favorite thing is they're going to censor the internet because they finally decided after what? How many years are we talking about that? There's too much porn, and we need to protect (laughs) the children. (laughs) Don't they know that the porn wave has come and gone? Yeah, really. I don't even see, you know, I don't get those, they have to, I mean, I don't think, well, maybe there is. And then now the French, apparently, well, the is French, another one. Yeah, it's, the French are going to do a blacklist, so, uh, and uh, and this blacklist. Government blacklist. A, gov- a, government blacklist. A, a government blacklist, that's right, and it'll be distributed to all ISPs, and ISPs have to filter it out. In the UK, though, Gitmo Nation East, they're, they're doing it yet a completely different way. You know, they, they've been doing all this uh, deep packet stuff for uh, for years now. Remember when that first test came out? And uh, I was still living in the UK when it happened. So now, essentially, they're, they're blocking all porn. And if you want the porn, you can opt in. <laughs> you, can, you can contact your government, your ministry of porn, and you can get on the list if you want porn. And would you like kitty porn with that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, uh, sure. Why not? not? Okay, he's under arrest. Get him. I think it's just like the, those think, idiots that they put on the on the. Uh, you know, you've seen this. You go uh, from country to country, and they have a, a list of like when you come into the U.S., they have all these I- questions. Are you a terrorist? <laughs> like, are you oh, going to blow up the country? Are you oh, going to shoot someone while you're here? <laughs> okay, I'll check. Yes. Have you ever been a terrorist? Uh, well, here it is. The biggest broadband providers, including BT, British Telecom, Virgin Media, and Talk Talk, are being called to a meeting next month by Ed. Vi- 
Valzi, I think it's Vizi, Valzi, the communications minister, and will be asked to change how pornography gets into homes. We've got to change how it gets into homes. Instead of using parental controls to stop access to pornography, the so-called opt-out method, the tap will be turned off at the source and adults will have to opt in. So I can just see it now. It's like, um, yeah, I'd like some tranny porn. And, uh, well, maybe, no, this month I'll just do bisexual and uh, some straight girl-on-girl action. And maybe I'll change my, uh, my profile next week. What, what, what are these people? Are these people crazy? And, and, and the people actually stand for this. This, of course, is all a part of something much more um, frightening. Oh, yeah, this, is, this is a smoke screen, please. Yeah. The, uh, the United Nations uh, are the ones who are now pulling together, and they are uh, gearing up to do Internet regulation, UN, uh, you know, a U.N. Um, Initiative. Yeah, no, they entered, the United Nations has been attempting to take over the Internet. Well, hold since. on a second. They have been a little bit successful because I can. They are now, they're, now they're making the moves, and I can. And this is how this whole they, this, this, by the way, thing is I falling apart. Just a little background on this. Okay. This began almost uh, about 15 years ago. It's been a slow process. Well, this is all their processes are slow. This is how it works, step by step by step, and eventually we're like the frog in the boiling water. We don't know that it, we're being cooked until it's too late. This is how it works. This is this is what they do. And ICANN, who run it's the uh, the, the internet naming system. They they run the domain name system. They actually now I think there's a majority of um, uh, Arabian board members. Over U.S. Those and European. internet savvy Arabs. I'm telling you, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> it, it's crazy. So the, you know the uh, they've already kind of taken over ICANN, and ICANN is you know in essence the one enabling these DNS takedowns that the uh, Department of Homeland Security has been doing. And then we've got the um, Internet Governance Forum. Uh, which uh, has its five-year mandate, expires uh, in, a, in a week or two, and then you watch. Stuff is going to happen really quickly. It comes right in line, by the way, with ACTA. This is all coming together at the same time. And, you know, I also read the, um, the register, the, uh, the Federal Register. I love reading the Federal Register because there's all kinds of groovy stuff that's in there that people don't report on. I mean, there, there are some journalists who actually read that the the federal because the federal register that's it's like the register it's like the records it's everything it's, like, it's yeah. e- everything the government does right on a day to day basis right so Friday the office of the United States Trade Representative has concluded negotiations it says here on a proposed agreement to strengthen international cooperation enforcement practices and legal frameworks for addressing counterfeiting and piracy. USTR is requesting written comments from the public on the final text of the anti-counterfeiting trade agreement. Uh, so there is a final text of ACTA. Um, John, unless you're a lawyer, you won't understand any of it. Uh, I've linked to it in the show notes, of course, noagendashow.com. Uh, but uh, get your comments in, people, by February 15th or whatever this thing was that was so dangerous we couldn't even know about it uh, due to security concerns until now apparently and now it's being slipped in at the end of the year get your comments in now otherwise it'll be enacted and it's all about 
uh, basically uh, interplanetary cooperation between partner countries in this agreement. And how yeah, we're going mostly to- for trademark holders and people who are content developers well, or actually yeah we're content developers yeah or, i know or, but you know the way the content my greatest thing my favorite thing about the content you know oh, we got to protect the content we've got to protect the artists is that 90 percent of the publishers today if you're a, a writer for example whose content needs to be protected because you're a starving artist as uh-huh. it were yes uh they buy all your rights who does the publishers. Well, yeah, that's the way the record companies do it too. They, they hey, buy uh, all yeah, you can write for us. We'll pay you some measly fee. And here you sign over all. I, by the way, I never sent over my rights. I've only done it a couple times because of the money. Yeah, because you were hungry. No, because there was a lot of money. But oh. anyway, so the uh, <laughs> back, in, have it. back in the day, <laughs> apparently, apparently. Make. I had to crank out <laughs> enough stuff. I don't need that. Back in the day, apparently. So uh, <laughs> so anyway, you you sign over your all your rights. And so now, if you they want they own all the rights, if they want to like do a book by you, they essentially can do it. Yep. Uh, a lot yep. of it is just ridiculous. And uh, and meanwhile, the the argument is, well, we had to protect all these. There, there, there won't be any more art, any more music. There won't be any more writing if we don't yeah. protect these people. They're not protecting anybody, but books these will huge end. companies. There will be no more books. There will be no, no more movies. Books, no more music. No. <laughs> what will we do? Nothing will be left. Now it's true. And when you're the little guy, because I've sued uh, uh, mainstream media companies twice successfully um, under the Creative Commons for taking my pictures. But the arrogance of these people—it's like, what do you mean? I just took—you know—you put it on the internet. I can—I can, I can uh, publish that in a, in a magazine. It's like, no, you can't. Well, you said it had a download link. So, yeah, but it was under Creative Commons, which is uh, look at look at what it said, non-commercial. Oh, and uh, you know, I won like a whopping thousand euros. Now, if they do it again, then I'll be in a much better position. But it took me; it cost me, I don't know, like eight thousand to win the, the, you know, just to bring suit. You know, yeah. and uh, they all have in-house lawyers, so it doesn't really cost. Them no, it anything. doesn't cost them anything. Um, but now they know that I'm serious, and uh, you know. But for anyone else to do it, they have to start all over again. They can use my case as jurisprudence. But this is not about copyright; it's about protecting big companies. There's a big difference there. But anyway, uh, yeah, most of the uh, the the, the uh, Digital Millennium Copyright Act and some of these other things, and the extensions of the copyright law, that was just to protect the Disney characters. Yeah. And this is why I love our model so much. Because, you know, we don't have to hire lawyers. We don't have to have meetings. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. They do it, and it will matter even less once all these uh, these censorship operations get put into play. And they, somebody just said, kicks the no agenda thing off the air completely and, and, and ru- takes our websites down and says, oh, oh, that's interesting. Oh, no agenda. Oh, we thought it was porn. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No agenda sounds like porn. This yeah. has the word no in it. Yeah. So what are we going to do when that happens? How are we going to make money? How are we going to pay the rent? We're gonna, I guess we're going to write I'm, some... I, I'm just going to be begging on the ham. Uh, no, I can't do that. It's illegal. <laughs> can't, I can't, can't do that, by the way. You can't beg on the ham On the ham uh, uh, network, you can't say anything. You can't, you can't solicit? You can't... Speaking of soliciting, my goodness, hold on a second. I, I, I should uh, play the, uh, the jingle here. You know, the United Nations has uh, proclaimed 2010 the year of biodiversity. It's kind of the end of the year. Isn't, don't you proclaim the year in advance? Well, I think they needed some PR and it was a slow news week. So they said, uh, hey, let's uh, crank up uh, 2010. Maybe, I, may, 
maybe it's just they were saying, you know, hey, wow, so much happened in biodiversity in 2010 that, you know, it's, it's almost like an award. It's like the Oscars. Well, 2010, if there was anything on everybody's lips, it was biodiversity. And so what do they do, John? What do you do when you're trying to promote uh, uh, an agenda? You got to hire you a celebrity. Oh, yeah, you have to have some actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who did uh, we get? Clooney would be the guy you want, of course. Well, if Clooney wasn't available because he's, like, doing something for Sudan, then uh, you can get another, you get need a young guy who has his own agenda, by the way, which is uh, kind of interesting. No, they got Edward Norton. You know Edward Norton? Yeah, yeah, the Fight Club. Nobody yeah, you don't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, the Fight yeah, Club. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what, I don't get Edward Norton. He's always played. He's a, he's he does. He's a leading man, but he's mostly. A, but he he's a leading man as a character actor, kind of. I mean, he's yeah. not. He's not he's the not guy. The, you, he's not a Clooney. No, he's no Clooney. However, he uh, he has some interesting aspects to him, which I'll get into. But first, let's listen to him as he is the ambassador. The United Nations Ambassador to Biodiversity. Hello, I'm Edward Norton, the United Nations Goodwill Ambassador for. Bi- that sounds so hot. I need. He I, also has a. He has a, a very high pitched feminine voice. For biodiversity, wouldn't why wouldn't you go with a multi-culty type person? Yeah, like Shakira. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shakira. You know, if, she, if Shakira was ambassador, you'd have my attention. Oh, oh really? <laughs> now we got Edward Norton. All right. Hello, uh, I'm Edward Norton, the United Nations Goodwill Ambassador for Biodiversity. Many people around the world remain totally unaware that the Earth is losing its incredible array of plant and animal life at an unprecedented and alarming rate. John, were you aware of this? It's, it's an, an ongoing process. Unprecedented and alarming rate. It's, it's very precedented. It's alarming. It's not alarming. It's <laughs> common. The dangers to our global biodiversity Tay. and the impact Tay. this will have on human society <laughs> are clearly spelled out in a major report issued earlier this year by the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity. Oh, remember we read that report? Yep. Clearly spelled out. We're all Let's going. Go, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Let's shut down the United Nations. I think the right wingers back in the '60s were right. It's too late for that, man. They're everywhere. It's integrated in everything. Forget about it. It's not happening. And besides, are you against Edward Norton? What you got against Edward, man? I like Edward Norton. I think he's a he's fun actor to watch. Well, you, I like you won't, you, won't, you won't like him after I'm done with him. This report stresses that if we continue with business as usual, we will soon reach a tipping point. Causing irrep- business as usual. Tipping point. Business as usual. <laughs> business as usual. John, uh, I'd like to continue uh, business as usual so we can like pay bills. Is that allowed, or is Edward saying we can't do that anymore? No more business as usual. <laughs> Tipping point. And irreversible damage to irreversible. the major ecosystems that support life on our planet. Oh. To stop this relentless loss, we must confront the indifference and often ignorance of the importance of biodiversity. That's you, ignorant Me? man. You're so Me? ignorant. Yes, you're the ignorance of biodiversity. I'm very. This is why the United Biodiversity <laughs> Nations declared 2010 the International Year of Biodiversity. <laughs> More than ever, humanity needs to reconnect with nature. And we must demand that our leaders accept special responsibility for this. 
A new vision is urgently needed, and the time for action is now. Ugh. What's With urgently us, needed is his practicing on a teleprompter. <laughs> well, here it comes. This is where it gets interesting. Without exception, as a family of people committed to protect life on Earth. You can start to make a difference today by checking out www.crowdrise.com to read about some... Yeah, go to that website and I'll let them finish up. Fantastic organizations that are working to support the preservation of biodiversity. Thanks. And you can visit www.cbd.int backslash 2010. Yeah, snappy. Yeah, so crowdrise.com. Crowdrise. And I'm like... Crowdrise. What is CrowdRise? Lots and lots of contests, and tomorrow after your hair is perfect, please spend the rest of your day checking out the holiday campaigns for... So CrowdRise is is a front. It's a front. Now check this out. CrowdRise is a front for the Network for Good. So CrowdRise is kind of like a Kickstarter for charity projects. And this CrowdRise, which you'll notice is not a a non-profit takes 5% of every piece of money you run through their website, which is nothing more than a website, in front of Network for Good, which is the clearinghouse for all online um, benefit uh, donation transactions. It's a a Ponzi scheme of taking money, which eventually never gets to Haiti. Not that well, I want a Haiti thing again? Oh, no, Haiti, all the, all the money for Haiti. Now, this is, I'm not doing a Haiti thing. I'm just saying all the money for Haiti ran through this. These oh. guys uh, do all the transactions for the SMS, text messaging. And this guy, this uh, Norton, is shilling for the front for this company, which is a purely a profit-driven organization. And he's getting all kinds of other celebrities to do, like, oh, we've got Will Ferrell. Isn't he funny? Oh, he has sun, sun lotion with him naked on it. ha, ha, ha. To raise some money. But all this money just stirs around in the pot and goes to all these NGOs and so-called nonprofits. And, you know, no one ever tracks and sees what happens with it. Witness Haiti. September 2009, the CrowdRise team, which includes Edward Norton. He's been with him for a while. Oh, yeah. Edward oh, yeah. Norton, Shauna Robertson, and Robert and Jeffro Wolf created a super unique campaign to raise money for the Masal Wireless Conservation Trust mm. during a New York City marathon. It was super unique. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Here's another one. In October, they raised $1.2 million for the Maasai Wilderness Conservation Trust. They, make, they were raising money left and right, these guys. Of course, yeah. you can get all these celebrities. And, and, and they take 5, 5% of everything. That's a, lot, that's a lot of money, man. 5% for, for yeah. just setting up a website? I'm sorry. This well, then it goes to the other operation, which probably takes a huge chunk, too. Well, the other, the other operation, which did $119 million in 2010... Um, and $2 million in salaries. Eh? The CEO makes a quarter million. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but this brings me to um, an astounding revelation. Because, and I think it was two or three shows ago, I said, you know, all these royalty, like the Queen of England and the Queen of the Netherlands, these are the true evil people you got to look out for. I think there's one guy who actually is not evil, and it kind of explains... Uh, why we have this big hype about Prince William and Kate Middleton. So I read in the, and this all comes down to biodiversité, but in a different way. I read in the Mail Online, fine uh, Gitmo Nation East uh, publication from Max Hastings. He is, why are you sighing? 
I'm sorry, but I just I'm looking at this crowd rise oh, site it's and I see this it's royalty horrible. page. Oh, but but listen, uh, Prince Charles has written a new book, and the book is um, hold on a second. Harmony is the title of the book. I purchased it based upon this article from this uh, guy in the Daily Mail who basically says, "I hope the prince, uh, Prince Charles." dies before his mom does so that uh, he can never become king. I'm like, well, this is very interesting. <laughs> Maybe I should read the, this article. Why is this guy basically saying uh, Prince Charles should die? And the reason why is the prince's book, this Harmony book, he's, he's, he's against uh, GM food. He's calling for a revolution uh against uh, the the westernized uh mechan mechanistic approach to science he says you know yeah science okay but it's not the end all to be all i mean it's really some interesting stuff in this book oh, really? I'm, I'm about yeah about uh three chapters into it cuz only got it yesterday well they got rid of his wife first exactly. so he's the next exactly i'm saying this is it's obvious they've got to get william hit, hitched up so that he can have a queen and then, and I fear for Prince Charles's life. This guy, he he, he has nothing. He's actually, you know, he's talking about we need a balance. Um, we need a, we need a balance in our um, uh, in the way we live our life. Uh, we definitely uh, shouldn't just trust uh, the and science the being in. Yeah. While you're at it, that little uh, little interesting episode over there by the theater the other day. Uh-huh, yeah. Threw shit at his uh, car uh-huh. and crashed his windows, and there was uh-huh. all the BBC reports. Well, I don't know where security was. Ooh. Well, security <laughs> dropped the ball. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the old, we, we were following this with a couple of other people in, in the past. I think Obama's one of them where they all of a sudden show, you know, way, hey, you know, we can walk right next to you just to show you that your security is useless, so you maybe should shut up. Uh, in this article, this guy says uh, he compromises the royal family as a courtier. I guess that's someone who walks around the palace said to me, you shouldn't worry about this. Charles knows that from the day he becomes king, he must keep his mouth shut. But in the same week, one of the prince's intimate circle privately said the nation is ready for a visionary monarchy. I believe that if the prince and those around him think any such thing, Charles would hit trouble as fast as and hard as a truck crashing into a wall when he's occupant of the throne. And uh, a lot of interesting little uh, subtext. Oh yeah, <laughs> like truck crashing wall. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the exact passage, but uh, here's another thing he says. Uh, Prince Charles writes if, in his book: If we continue to engineer the extinction of the last remaining indigenous traditional societies, we eliminate. One of the last remaining sources of wisdom. And this all—it's really cool. He, he in his book, he's got illustrations of uh, uh, sacred symbols. I mean, he, he's like um, a crackpot almost. Well, you know, his, I think his wife got him into a lot of this stuff. I'm sure she did. No, not Camilla, but you mean uh, yeah, Diana? Diana, because yeah. she was, uh, and yeah. the, you know, she was. I mean, I think one of the reasons they wanted to get rid of her because of her landmine thing. Right. I mean, she was one of the biggest proponents of banning these these devices, you know, and they're money makers, billions of dollars worth of these things. They're all over the place. Uh, you know, she was doomed. It's um, very, very interesting. And, and you should read this you article. You could be right. Too. Just because a guy's like a royalty doesn't mean he's a jerk. 
No, well, I think well, he's always been been portrayed as a doofus, right? You yeah, know, the big ears. Always like, right, they always had him falling off the horse. Right. Remember that? <laughs> I have to admit, it's pretty lame. <laughs> you know, and the ears are unfortunate, but they've always made him out to be a total douchebag dickhead. And I think the guy is actually probably just a decent dude. And I, if he really wrote this book, and and I, as I said, I got it yesterday, um, uh, based upon this article. List? What's the name of the book? It's called Harmony, and it needs to be at noagendabooks.com. And um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, why this, this huge obsession with, with William and Kate? I'm like, well, of course, you know, they need to get them in place. Then Charles has to have an unfortunate accident. I, and yeah, I, right. I, I, I hate to say be, it. And William, the, who's the perfect, uh, uh, the perfect fall, you know, the what, Patsy. Yeah. Because yeah. his mom, you know, first you yeah. got sympathy for him because of his mom, and now you have a double sympathy for him. And he's a good kid, good looking guy. Yeah. And the whole thing, yeah, he's a perfect king. Yeah. And you know, I know who 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 does what he's told. So and appa- um, and apparently, uh, yeah. So the for the final uh, line in this article, anyone who reads the Prince of Wales's new book will have little doubt that the chief peril to our royal institution in the decades ahead lies within his well-meaning, muddled, woolly head. <laughs> this was the criticism, right? Yeah, this is the criticism of him. Yeah. <laughs> Track that guy. He's with MI6. Uh, let's see. What else has he written? Uh, Max, uh, Max Hastings. Uh, sounds familiar for some reason. I'm sure he's... Uh, probably code. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Battle of Hastings. There's got to be something in there. There's got to be some kind of code. So I was moaning a minute ago about crowd rights because they have the same thing we do. They they confer uh, knighthood. Yeah, they've got people. barons. Yeah, only they got more extra. Well, we're going to put barons up. Yeah. But uh, they've got doctors. You can get a doctor. You can get a czar. Oh, shoot. Is- they got sirs and dames. That's what I said. That's why I was moaning. Oh man! Copying our idea. Except, except they're keeping the money. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who the only sir and dame is? There's only two of them. They're two dames, and one of them's Barbara Streisand. Yeah, of course. Well, this is like a Hollywood thing. This is one of these Hollywood networks. And you, oh yes, we'll get. But it's the same Hollywood douchebags who sat there and performed for Haiti, and then went back on their merry little way and don't give a crap if any of the money ever got there, or that the people are still living in tented areas, as Bill Clinton <laughs> says, tented areas. Yeah, like a slum tent camps, douchebag. Just, uh, just really gets my goat. Yeah, I'm very aware of the fact that you're irked by this. And that wasn't that a Clooney, uh, a Clooney production as well. Clooney had something to do and with it. By the way, President Obama snubbed sources reveal, this is real news here, as he apparently has not been invited to the royal wedding. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Well, you know why? It's because he he, he gave uh, the Tony Blair, no, who is it, Cameron? He gave him like a DVD set and an iPod. Oh, right. Like, Duh. Right, he gave him that lame <laughs> gift. Duh. Hey, look at that desk you're behind, douchebag. You know, the, 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 that came from England. You know, that was, that was one of our ships at sea, and we, we right, did. He gave him a, oh, no, yeah, actually, the DVDs were all, and also <laughs> we figured the, wrong, the DVDs were wrong country region, coded. The wrong region code. <laughs> so the region wouldn't work. They'd play him. What is this? These don't even work. Screw yeah. that guy. Don't invite him to anything. Have you seen our president's desk, by the way? There's nothing yeah. on it, ever. There's nothing on it. There's a phone on it. That's all yeah. that's ever on it. Does he ever sit at that desk? Apparently. 
You know the the sign of an empty mess nest desk. <laughs> empty nest. Empty desk. Empty mind. Seriously, how can you not? He doesn't have a picture of the kids. Every well, single t- president. Can I I can do my desk story. Then. Every single president has had a picture of a desk, a picture of his kids or wife or the family on his desk. He has stuff on the desk. This has nothing on the desk. Nothing. He maybe empty. doesn't like the desk. Well, he, well, he, he I've never seen him signing anything at that. He's always signing someplace else. Does he no, no, go, no, 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 no. He's he's the signing. The Moines, no, stuff. The, uh, you do not watch the West Wing week. He has been signing three or four. He signed four presidential proclamations at the desk this week. Huh? And he even says, "There's a lot of pens. It's a lot of pens <laughs> to lot. sign this." Because he has to do like use twenty pens. Yeah, you got to put his signature. No wonder the guy's busy. Pen. A. Yeah. yeah, the guy's too busy signing. Daddy, by the pens. way, why don't they end that stupid idea? It's, why don't the president just have some balls and say, "Look, this began." Guy, I don't know when it began. I don't think Roosevelt was doing that. I just see old movies. He just signed it. Yeah, who was? Yeah, I think it, it began with the. It wasn't Reagan. It may have been Carter. I don't know who it was. Whoever it was started came up with this. Honestly, idea. I've like, never seen Clinton do that. I never saw Clinton do that. He just signed stuff like a man. I don't. Yeah. I don't recall him doing it at all. But this is like everyone has to have a piece of history, and you get. And he's like one dot, next pen, one loop, next pen. It's stupid. It is, and to me, and it makes you look like an idiot. Yeah, it makes him look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. No, they should stop this practice completely. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Oh, I have to have, can I have a pen? Because I, I co-authored the bill. Hey, go, I'll co-author something else. Why don't you spend your time doing some real work instead of looking for pen collectibles, you idiot? <laughs> so they've been doing that at the desk. What, do you put desk- it on eBay the next day? Yeah. But the desk is empty. Huh. The desk is empty. Okay, you had a desk story? Yeah, I think it'd be boring. Okay. Wow, if, so, you, if you even think uh, more it's going to be interesting, I got a couple of clips that'd be good. All right, let's. I wanted to play. This is I wanted to play in a couple of shows ago. The Italy clip. Uh, this explains kind of what was happening with Berlusconi and the hot chick uh, for people in the United States because we never got the full story. This well, is wait kind a minute. Of the, he he has like five hot chicks that he's put into government. Yeah, but this is the hot chick that's the responsible for the most recent situation. The seventeen-year-old hottie. And this is, this is kind of the background on that, but it has a punchline at the end which had me kind of going, huh. Play it. It will give a proper response. The Prime Minister has been weakened by defections from his coalition, but what brought this crisis to a head was the latest scandal. A girl called Ruby, also known as the Heartbreaker, attended one of Berlusconi's parties. She was a 17-year-old dancer. Her age wasn't the only problem. When she ran into trouble with the law, Silvio Berlusconi called the police himself, claiming incorrectly she was a relative of the Egyptian president. One-time allies deserted him, saying he was damaging the reputation of Italy. I'm thinking that is the reputation of Italy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> really damaging it. That's all it, that's all they do is drive around on uh, scooters going ciao. He's <laughs> damaging the reputation. I'm thinking, whoa, what, are you kidding me? That's kind of what I like about Italy though. I mean, I don't understand the whole problem. It's like we we know that the Italians have always been about sex. Sex and good food. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah, we, pretty much. And, you and know, wine. And, and Mussolini. <laughs> With and that wine. detail. Yeah, they, they, like, well, most, they, once in a while, things start to fall apart, so they bring in a Mussolini who, uh, yeah. you know, gets the trains working on time and, you know, thinks he's a hot shot and then joins up with Hitler, and the next thing you know, uh, World War II breaks out. But except for those moments... <laughs> 
Um, Thank you, everyone who uh, who noticed my Eddie reference. What was it? No, just chow. It's a long story. If if you don't know the comedian, then it doesn't work for you. Okay, Eddie Izzard. You know Eddie Izzard? No. Oh yeah, I do know Eddie. Eddie Izzard's amazing. Amazing uh, comedian. So anyway, so I just thought that was a little backgrounder people people needed. Uh, another backgrounder I've got on here. That's all I don't really have any meaningful clips this week or this uh, show. Uh. But there's there's one that you should know about it called Hooters. Play it. <laughs> you took me by surprise not knowing which one to hit. Here we go. The National Organization for Women says Hooters should not serve minors. The group's California chapter filed suit today claiming the restaurants are adult entertainment establishments. Now says recent attempts by Hooters to promote a family-friendly environment violates state law. <laughs> the girls there have no more Hooters. What is bullcrap? Yeah. Well, How is that adult energy? Have you ever been to a Hooters? Yes, it's boring and horrible food. The food is mediocre and uh, the place usually doesn't smell the best. The girls are, you know, they're, they're flat chested now. They used to have like huge well, boobs. No, 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 no. You are incorrect, sir. I keep tabs on this because they had that whole lawsuit about, oh, if I have flat chest, I can't be at Hooters. And then they went, it, the pendulum swung entirely the other direction. Now, whenever you see Hooters girls, they're flat chested to maybe B cup. <laughs> they ruined an institution. Well, I've been wondering about this. Yeah, I, well, I'm. You know, they've been suing the, the the National Organization of Women, who which is a who, by the way, don't care if the president is ragging on his own wife, making jokes. Right, they should say something. Mm-hmm. But they're they're always they've been against Hooters for years, and I'm absolutely sure that it's only because of the name. They don't they find yeah, it an exactly. offensive term, Hooters. Whereas, by the way, Hooters means owls. Yeah, that's their whole logo. It it's two yeah, it's, it's two owls. Yeah, no, there's no double entendre. No way. <laughs> Jeez, it's about the owls. It's the Bohemian <laughs> it's, Club. It's owls. <laughs> the Bohemian Club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, now you're now you're taking it too far. So um, anyway, so I just found that to be offensive. Well, I find it especially offensive when no one says anything about this consistent joking about your wife beating you up. Either either it's either she's beating you up or not. Yeah, she's obviously beating him up. She probably pounds him. So he um, probably has to send the other Obama in once in a while to take a beating. <laughs> so let's so he say, matches. So I think we do need to touch because we have the website noagendafoots.com. and uh, oh, we, we complete- yeah, dog on it. You know, we were all, if you didn't say it right now, I would have forgotten. Forgotten again. again, and that's why we don't do meetings because we forget to do all the good stuff. But uh, a, yet another foot was found uh, up there in uh, Washington State. And this was a a child's foot, uh, either a child or a woman uh, with a shoe, with, with a, a shoe. with a shoe. But it was not a sports shoe. It was. Uh, do you remember what kind of shoe it was? It was a Buster Brown shoe. It was just a shoe. I don't know. But now you know the articles that are coming out are actually headlines like. Crime wave in Washington State? <laughs> Crime wave. This has been going on for five years. Yeah, it's been like foot after foot has been washing up on shore. And, and there's no missing persons to uh, nope. associate it with. It's nope. just nobody bitching about having their feet chopped off and sent to sea. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's man. Weird. Hey, man. My foot. <laughs> All foots at sea. <laughs> it was a right. Uh, it was a right foot. But a uh, just a couple months ago, we had a left foot, right? 
You know what I'm convinced this is? Of course, I could be wrong. This is, or I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Is I think somebody's taking cadavers that they have at the various, uh, you know, at some medical school or someplace just before they send them back to be cremated or buried. Because, you, know, you know, you give your body to science and they cut you up. And John, somebody's sawing that, the foot off. That's ridiculous. Because putting a shoe on it and, sh- and then dropping <laughs> okay. it off on it. All right. It's a college prank. There you go. It's a college <laughs> prank. I'm convinced of it. That's good. Wait, here's what will happen next. A hand with a glove. <laughs> if they want to take it to the next level. They should. They should take it to that they, level. They won't do the hand with the glove because there's fingerprints involved. I think you still get prints off of a... Oh, uh, by the way, uh, uh, nobody does footprints. Don't they do? Yeah, don't do. They, don't they do footprints uh, at birth anymore? They took my footprints when I was I born. I don't know that they do. And besides that, I don't think there's. I don't know who does it. Is there a? Is there a database of them? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. are you kidding me? They. You know, well, they, they haven't found any. Con- I don't know. The boot was uh, size six. It was an Ozark Trail brand sold by Walmart. In the years 2004 to 2005. So it's like, according to the article, it likely clue the crime was committed numerous years ago. What do you mean? This foot has been drifting around for years? That's <laughs> bull crap. I, I say hand and glove next. What's the foot? <laughs> Noagendafoots.com is where we're tracking the body parts others don't. And uh, We're the only uh, show, national, international show that, that tracks this story. <laughs> international show, yes. I love international. That. I love yeah. that. I love that. So we had a, uh, an interesting, uh, interesting case of, uh, well, you know what? I should uh, probably play the jingle for you. All aboard! Trains good, planes bad. Woo-hoo! This is uh, as reported by ABC, which, of course, they have a new news president over there at ABC whose sister is uh, just like Valerie Jarrett, one of the women running the president, one of his handlers. Uh, So you know that ABC News is compromised, and uh, as is Transportation Security Administration as a gun got through. Uh, Listen to the the big gun uh, story. Listen to the report. Today, counterterrorism officials warned about threats from al-Qaeda during this holiday season. Just want to remind you, we were the first ones who told you about the threats from al-Qaeda. Did we not, John? Did we not tell you that uh, this holiday season you're going to get blowed up? Yeah. Yeah. We Well, you know, we can can make a, a loop. (laughs) And in just one week, the Christmas travel crunch will be in full swing with the enhanced pat-downs and the full-body screenings. By the way, notice the meme there. They've changed it from full-body scanners to full-body screenings. This is a new one we're slipping in there. It's ABC News, totally compromised organization. Yeah, yeah, good catch. That was put in by the government. Totally. It's talking points. But tonight, Brian Ross investigates, can weapons still slip through security? In the midst of last year's Christmas travel period, TSA screeners at Houston's Bush Airport somehow managed to miss a loaded, high-powered Glock pistol in an empty computer carry-on bag. This is what it would have looked like. Authorities tell ABC News it happens all the time. Screeners asleep at the screen. With a determined and sophisticated enemy like Al-Qaeda, that should be very troubling news indeed. Just so you know, Al-Qaeda, very sophisticated, live in oh, the desert. sophisticated, sophisticated yeah, bomber. Incredibly sophisticated. Yeah, that don't blow up. Sophisticated yeah, Al-Qaeda, sophisticated. Al-Qaeda, very sophisticated. In fact, the owner of the gun in Houston boarded a continental flight and flew to his destination before realizing the gun was in his carry-on bag. I mean, this is not a small gun. It's a forty caliber gun. Houston businessman. Have you ever heard of a forty caliber gun? Isn't that a 9 millimeter? No, no. You have thirty eight caliber. 
Forty is it caliber? A nine millimeter, forty caliber? No, it's a nine millimeter. It's not forty caliber. It's a nine. Well, I don't know. I know. I don't know of a forty caliber. I've never heard of a forty caliber ever. Well, it, it may be code. Hold on a second. Forty caliber. Does anyone know? A chat room might know. Forty caliber. I've never heard of that. I've, I know thirty eights, and I know uh, nine millimeter. Forty-five. I know forty-five caliber. Well, there's a forty caliber. So if you look it up, the Glock twenty-two. The Glock has a forty caliber. Oh, okay. So, but it, it Glock could, twenty-two is a forty caliber. But it could mess you up. I would think. <laughs> okay, just it's a machine gun. <laughs> Fareed Seif, who carries a gun because he works late, says he forgot to unpack it before. Hey, you know, I work late. Can I? Can I carry a gun? He needed a gun because he works late. But this guy is very, very interesting, by the way. But the this whole story is sketchy, the, by the way. Well, I, I, think I, I think I can tell you what the story's about after we listen to it. ...incident as soon as he landed, astounded at the security lapse. There's nothing else in there. How can you miss it? You cannot miss it. The failures of TSA screeners to spot guns and other dangerous items is a closely held government secret. Results from the most recent so-called red team tests by the Government Accountability Office were apparently so bad they are classified to the outrage of congressional critics. How many times did they fail? The public has a right to know those bottom line results. A person briefed on the latest results told ABC News the failure rate approached 70% at some major airports. And two weeks ago, the new... So, so now you're starting to think, wait a minute, they're holding... This is, this, is, this is a great article. They're holding back information. They're not telling us about the... Fa- Thank you, darling. They're not telling us about the failure rate. Now you're thinking, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on? What are we going to do about this? TSA director John Pistol told reporters that at some airports, every single test gun, bomb part, or knife got past screeners. So now, now, now Pistoli... Would not come out and say and admit this without a reason. You agree with me there, don't you, John? Absolutely. Okay. Fortunately, in, in many instances, they, they've been 100% successful in getting through. And despite billions of dollars spent on equipment, the last line of defense remains individual TSA screeners faced with an often mind-numbing task. Yeah, okay. So that's where it is. There's about to be a request for triple the amount of human resources. Well, yeah, we, we, there's not enough people working for TSA. That's what it is. It, this is all about, you know what, we, the the shifts are too long here. We don't pay them very much money. And we, we don't pay them very much. Oh, you They're tired. Money to yeah. We train them very well. We this agency is well. a nightmare. Oh, yeah. And you, you get what you get. You get what you get. We need to, John, I think we need to step up training. We need to bring more human resources in. We got to pay them more. We got to treat them with respect. We, we got to give them guns. That is next. I guarantee you. In the case of that Houston gun owner, he says while his pistol sailed past the screener, the woman behind him was stopped for having liquids in her bag. Well, the TSA says the screener. Bottles. What? Water. They had water. You got to stop them. Yeah, no, but so they winded up with that that little uh, joke just to set your mind at ease. But the message is, we need more of them, uh, and we better get them in quickly. And we need to train them, and we need to pay them more because, gosh darn it, it's to save the children. And now, on on top of all of that, the uh, United States Postal Service. Did, did you hear about this? This is no. phenomenal. So they uh, they lost eight billion dollars last year. How do they do that? 
Uh, I think the oh, inter- wait, I let think- me guess. When <laughs> I was a kid, the post office guy usually had this little rolling thing, and he'd roll around, and he'd, and he'd have bags full of uh, mail, and he'd go from door to door, pushing it and walking all the distance. Now they have... Uh, let's see. They have minivans that they drive around, and they, they're all in cars. They drive from house to house, door to door. Uh, those kinds well, of expenses, I suppose, would add up. That I mean, as we've discussed on this program in the past, and as we've corroborated with people listening to this program, that they're, they're so heavily unionized. And, of course, the Internet has you know this little thing called the Internet, which has kind of taken away the whole need for a lot of mail. Um, they have people sitting in rooms doing nothing, getting paid. They yeah, literally sit in. A, they sit in a room for eight hours just doing nothing. So, uh, so you know, what can we do if we we have all these uh, all these vans driving around? Well, someone came up with a really good idea, and uh, we're going to put uh, sensors on all of the all of the mail tr- uh, trucks and cars to uh, transmit. Uh, information about uh, weather and air pollutants and climate change and boy they they'll be able to rent out uh the trucks for other companies to put sensors on uh as they drive around these will be uh fantastic data gathering it's an army of data gathering right. devices and Where'd this you get this story from the new york times hmm from the New Man, York I Times. I that one. That's a beauty. Isn't this amazing? So you know, a croc. Yeah, so we'll put all kinds of sensors and... Oh, here. A system like this could also detect gaps in cell tower coverage, weak radio and television signals. The data could help provide uninterrupted communication services and pro- promote more efficient use of broadcast spectrum. I tell you what, Google's going to be renting these fuckers. Google, Google is going to be putting shit on these trucks. They're going to be sniffing your wireless. They're going to be doing everything you don't want. Driving through your neighborhood every single day. It's right here in black and white. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, by the way, I was just reading the forum on the 40. Uh, the 40 a lot of people like the 40 caliber uh, round. I, was, I just got for, stuck on a forum. For what, uh, for what purpose? Apparently it's a good uh, it's a good stopper. It's just short of a forty five <laughs> for stopping somebody. They like to prefer it over the nine millimeter. And everybody makes one, not just Glock. I I like the I like a Glock nine. That's my personal uh, stopper of choice. No, I uh, I jest actually. The, the Walther P ninety nine is a forty. You I can get one. I like my double barrel side by side shotgun. A shotgun's the way to go. Shot, I've got birdshot and I've got a twenty gauge. So uh, so you Mickey, can also put salt in it instead of uh, birdshot. No, is, I just got the twenty gauge with the birdshot, and it's great because the bullet goes in one end. It's pretty obvious, and you just have to aim in the general vicinity of the issue, and it, the problem is over. It's actually a shell shell yeah well i call it a bullet because it doesn't matter uh but as we all know uh a handgun is only there uh, to be used for you to uh protect yourself while you get your rifle or shotgun and that's the real stopper you want so i think uh, oh, i'm sorry whoops no, we, i was just gonna finalize your uh, commentary on the uh, security thing i think you're right i think there's going to be we should put on the prediction list uh the tsa people will be carrying guns yep it'll be it'll be eventually the biggest agency in the country they will be paid, they will seems be, to be unstoppable yep they will be paid more than you and i together one per, they're already making 70 grand 70 or 80 grand which is all is is not great but it's, it's more not, than we're making on the show this so far yes Especially the end of the year here, you yep. think our numbers would go up. Yeah. 
So we are actually lower than TSA employees on the income scale. In more ways than one, probably. <laughs> all right, I'm going to hit it now. I'm going to show Joe my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. By the way, I noticed our donations have gone down in direct proportion, by the way, with you singing. <laughs> what the hell is that? I've always... I'm telling you, I have been... I've always been singing on the show. How much you sing on the show. You sing at the beginning of the show. Today you sung a couple of times. I'm always singing on the You've show. You've been singing more and more, and the donations have been going lower and lower. Well, then I'm just going to get it all out. No, wait, out. no. What? No, now you have to... Obviously, there's a connection, so you have to sing more. Oh, here we go. Hold on a second. I have to sing more? It's what it's only gonna hurt it. No, more? it's like a threat. Okay, here it is. Slaves builds the pyramids. Slaves builds the Parthenon. Slaves. Okay, okay, stop. Slaves. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, take some voice lessons. You're in LA, there's plenty of coaches. So you're actually blaming me for uh No, not not blaming you, I'm blaming your singing. I, I think the problem is, uh, since you stopped doing Hawaii Five O clips, donations have gone down. Yeah. Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. We got a, uh, a, a no name. We got no names on these people. It, it's so bad. Not only are people not donating, they, the people who are don't want anyone else to know about it. Anyways, Christopher Miller, Atlanta, Georgia. No, my, my uh, spreadsheet was shifted oh, off oh, one okay. cell. All right. All right. Atlanta, Georgia, $111.11. Richard Gardner, uh, uh, Brisbane. Queensland, Australia, $100. A long overdue contribution. I'm a Scottish resource uh, living in Oz temporarily. Love the show. Looking for a de-douching to clear my conscience. Oh, no problem. You've been de-douched. Keep up the good work. He's a new donor. Tyler Glaze, who has a uh, email message. Did you get his email message? Uh, yes, I did. In fact, uh, I love how this worked because uh, I saw the message that he sent an email, and all I did is went into my brand-new cloudless system, and I was able to retrieve it in seconds. In the morning to you, Adam and John, I'm a New World Order slave and a donor, not a boner. <laughs> I would like to ask for some karma for my five-year-old nephew, Ralphie, who is suffering from some serious health problems and will probably be spending Christmas in the hospital this year. Poor little booger, I love him. Well, of course we're going to hit him with some karma. You've got karma. Also, if you could uh, get a shout-out for my podcast about the demon drink called The Drinkin' Show over at thedrinkinshow.com. That's uh, drinking with no G. That would be great. Science is in. Your show rocks, he says. So, uh, Right, he's in Fraser Park, California, gave us $62. Thomas Griffith, uh, Basking Ridge, New Jersey, 51, double nickels on the dime, 5510. Friends from the Alternative Acres in Munith, Michigan, or Munith, Munith, it's got to be, M-U-N-I-T-H. Munich. Uh, double nickels on the dime, just made a few sales, uh, relaunched the website, the, the Zombie Report, the Zombie Reporting Center.com, <laughs> which Adam will probably follow. Hey, I like uh, that. <laughs> you have decided to donate the profits to our favorite podcast. Thanks for all you do. Please do not uh, use my name where I didn't. Ta-da. Yeah, just refer to says your friends from Alternative Acres. Also, a link to zombiereportingcenter.com dot com would be awesome. <laughs> okay. Awesome, dude. Oh, let me put that in zombie <laughs> reporting zombie reporting center dot com. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, then we have uh, Snorra Steen. Snorra Snorra from, uh, from the North Pole. 
who's in the North Pole. Uh, he gave us uh, five, four, three, two. Uh, great work on deconstructing WikiLeaks. Really enjoyed. Somebody has to do it. Really enjoyed uh, No Agenda 261. Looking forward to see you here in the high Arctic. We have to get up there, and we will. We have a, a, a standing invitation to go up there, and it looks so beautiful. Yeah, we could probably shoot so a caribou while we're up there. No, I think we could probably shoot us some Norwegians. Maybe we, gotta, <laughs> we could shoot this some... Norway. We have to shoot the Swedes when you're up there. <laughs> That's right, and the Danes. The, the, Everybody hates the Danes. No one likes the Danes. We'll shoot us some Danes. Sorry for uh, those of you uh, listening. And where's and our money. Danish con- contributions? No, I mean, we've had they a few. Speak we've, English. we've had a few in the past. We've yeah, had a few. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I like, the, of all those countries, the, the, if you want to go traveling, I'm going to just do a little off, off topic here. But if you're going to go traveling, you want to go, and you're American, you're kind of leery, oh, I don't know how to go to Germany. They have to speak German. I don't want to go to Portugal. I have to speak Portuguese. None of this, none of this is absolutely true. But... If you go to the Scandinavian countries or the Nordic countries, that would include uh, the beautiful town of Copenhagen, also Sweden, uh, not so much Finland, but but definitely Sweden, uh, Copenhagen, uh, Denmark. Get to the point, man. What are you trying to say? They all speak English. They all speak, everyone speaks English. That's their Nash. That's the tongue that they use. That's the language they use to speak to each other. Everybody speaks English. You can go to these countries with no problem. Right. Kyle Boge. In Chaska, Minnesota, Minnesota, fifty-one fifty-one. Received my forty-two coin. Finally, uh, I s- here's my cereal. Oh five one f- plus fifty dollars. Fifty-one fifty-one. Could Adam please play the Hot Pockets as In it is the now? Morning. Oops. Hot Pockets. Ready? Hit it. <laughs> hot Pockets. As it is. My ringtone, and I get confused if it's a message or in the show. Well, what good is that? Well, you know, the funny this reminds me, you're watching TV, and, and they happen to have your ringtone on the TV show, and it freaks yeah. you out. You know, how many, the amount of times I've heard our music, our opening music, even on the uh, See Something, Say Something videos, uh, in some, uh, like on the Bart, uh, not the Bart, the uh, Marta, which is the... Is that the uh, Atlanta? I think it's the Atlanta transit system, metropolitan Atlanta. Oh right, right, yeah, Marta. They use this music. They because it's it, you know they use this one here. It is the. Uh... If you see something, say something. <laughs> they they use that music because it's like it's like from a library. You know, it's like royalty free shit. Yeah. And I and, and you hear that. And what's funny is a lot of people hear that stuff and go, "Hey man, they stole that from the agenda." <laughs> we're, we're, we're just using the same sorry shit everyone else is using. So we got Ricky Pearson, Laurie Corpy, who are both on a knighthood layaway. We we'll mention them when the name comes up. Jason Carney, Columbus, Ohio, fifty bucks. Special request for John. He wants a ringtone for his phone and loves my extemporaneous voices. Huh, John? Using your effeminate voice, I don't know what if he's talking about. The, my my voice, where I'm the guy who is the uh, music uh, instructor on The Simpsons. That guy, or or the or the what is that voice? I do a woman's voice, kind of an English voice. He wants me to say, "I'm a fancy, fancy Englishman," or does he want me? Sorry, I thought you were a milf. I'm a. I don't know what a feminine voice he's talking about. Maybe it's just my regular voice. (laughs) I don't think you have to do much. I'm an. I'm a fancy, fancy Englishman. That could be it. Wow, it's not like he donated a thousand dollars, John. Can no, he didn't. On? I'm only going to give. That's it, Jason. 
And you got to be more specific. Jason Dozier, another Jason, back-to-back Jasons, Kansas City, Kansas. That's a double shot of Jasons for you, everybody. Hey, hey. Vanderhurst in uh, yeah. George Vanderhurst in cat again. Cat. Didn't we do this the last show? Uh, he may be back. This is Cots, beer house. Kotzhofel bowling. Cat's house. It's a cat house. Bowling Hill. Kotzhofel. And Bradley uh, Serbu in uh, Naples, Florida. Thanks, everybody, for donating. We especially want to thank the $33.33 subscribers, the lucky $30 subscribers, and the $5 a month, which keeps the, uh, uh, at least keeps the number reasonable for a, a slow week. Yeah. It's, uh, it, honestly, it's been crap. And I don't know, it, well, you think it's my singing. Maybe I should just not sing anymore, see if we do any better. That would sure do, do it would make me feel better. I'll donate. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Let's take a quick look around Gitmo Nation and see what's going on. Oh, wait. Let's mention it. Go to slash NA. That's probably one of the reasons we don't yeah. get a lot of. <laughs> we bitch Dvorak.org slash NA. Go there. Help us, please. We need some something before the end of the year. How about a little and- Christmas gift, eh? Yeah, think about it as a Christmas gift. Say, yeah, Merry Christmas, and we'll give you a call-out, shout-out, and then a call-out. And uh, also, channeldevorek.com slash NA and noagendashow.com. There's a link in the show uh, page for that. So um, Amtrak uh, has a First Amendment policy. Yes, exactly. Um, And there's an entire PDF, which has been emailed to me several times. I guess they just put this out, or maybe there's some article about it somewhere. But I I didn't know that people uh, investigated Amtrak for First Amendment uh, policy, but they do have one. What? Uh, Well, yes, National Railroad Passenger Corporation, known as Amtrak, permits First Amendment activity on property owned or controlled by Amtrak to the extent, here it is, John, those activities are not incompatible with Amtrak's mission to safely operate a national passenger rail system and to do so with optimum service to the public, as well as with the best economy of operation possible, because of safety. <laughs> Listen, because of safety You're reasons. You're confusing me. That's the whole point. Because of safety reasons, First Amendment activities are not permitted on board Amtrak trains nor on train platforms. So, oh, I know what. Okay, I got it. So what they're saying is sorry so you, that took me a while. Yeah, you can't hand out a pamphlet. Right, without on the train on the on, the, on an Amtrak station or a, or on a train, you can't hand out a pamphlet. Yeah, and you can't play music and you can't beg for money. Right, and you can't protest. And right. if, if you want to protest, they will show you where the protest area is, which is probably yeah, near which the, is out the back door, <laughs> the back door near the third rail. <laughs> so I don't know why people sent me this. A lot of people sent it, and I guess it's just showing you that there is no First Amendment in Gitmo Nation, United States. The First Amendment only applies to the government. It doesn't apply to everything. If you were, if you're in a workplace environment and you, and you, you don't have any First Amendment rights with your company mm. because they don't have a constitution. The company can tell you to do whatever they want to do. It's only the government that, that we're concerned about with the First Amendment. Ah, okay. So I mean, well, I'm, well, I'm watching to enough Judge Napolitano to get that one straight. Okay. Well, good. He's the new Glenn Black. Glenn Black, you know. Glenn Black. Glenn Black. <laughs> There's something. There is something up with that. With Fox and then and that oh, the, guy. Oh no! And, I'm telling you. I, I, no, I think you hit it right away. He's, he's, he's being led into some position or other. So the whole thing's oh, a setup. Yeah, I think that, you know what I think it is. Actually, I think they're trying to get rid of O'Reilly. Oh, interesting. And move everyone because up O'Reilly a is not part of this necessary part of the scheme. A O'Reilly's off the track a lot, mm-hmm. and O'Reilly gets paid the most. Right. 
Well, it could be. You know, he's got his own thing, you know, Fox.com slash O'Reilly's not the same as BillOReilly.com. So name in place, name in place, name in place, when you wish you opine. You know, I mean, his whole thing is this. He's, he's running, he's too little, too, making a little too much money on the side, it seems to me. I, I don't watch any of that stuff. It's, it's I, too, I watch too all boring, of it. Too boring for me. But I do have a couple of clips. Well, can I just say one thing before you get to your clips? Because uh, the only thing I do pay attention to is apps. As you know, I'm the app man. The app man in Canada, some parts of it. Um, so first we had this Patriot app. I'm sure you must have blogged that at Dvorak.org, didn't you? The I'm pa- not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Patriot app where you can report suspicious behavior. Oh, yeah. It's you all part of the see something, behavior. say something. But now you have a new app called Drive Me Crazy. And it's a voice-activated app that uh, you can report someone and give them a virtual ticket so if you're driving behind someone and they cut you off, then you can uh, report them uh, with their license plate number, date, time, location. Of course, it's all GPS enabled of whatever the offense is. And uh, that information that you enter into the app is sent to the Department of Motor Vehicles and all insurance companies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's, this is horrible. Well, it's horrible, but you can just lie. Well, thank you. You and have to have a photo. Fo- you, unless you have documented evidence. I mean, in other words, you have a cam rolling, which you can do. You know, a lot of these cameras, you can just glue. I, oh, I, I'm, well, I'm, sh- I'm, sure, I'm sure that that'll be the next version of the app. I mean, th- these, these phones have all of that stuff in there. But the thing that got me is, you know who made this app? The, the genius behind this? A guy named Philip Ingelbrecht. And he is the guy who set up Shazam, which I think is actually a great service. You know what Shazam is, John? No. You don't know what Shazam is? Oh, Shazam is awesome. It, it's, a, it's a database, but there's an app for it. And you can just, uh, if you hear a song, you just turn on your phone and it recognizes the song immediately. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great, You've great. That. Yeah, that's right. great. Now, prior to uh, Shazam, he worked at, uh, he was a derivatives trader in Luxembourg. That guy's compromised, clearly. Uh MBA from UC Berkeley, please. Spook. Got a nice spook, yeah, spook education. Yeah, from Berkeley nowadays yeah. is questionable. Spook education, and he's making spook apps. And I think you should boycott this app and boycott anything this guy does, including Shazam. You Soundhound. Boycott this douchebag. It's unbelievable. Sending. It's like this is this is even worse than see something, say something. Of course, this is all a part of it. But this is really, yeah. It's all really part bad. of just turning your neighbors and then lying about it. I mean, that's the problem that we've always talked about when we were kids in the communist, those terrible communist countries. They'd make you turn in your parents, and people would lie about their neighbors, and the neighbors would be executed. Did that actually happen? That's what, yeah. It happened that we were told this. <laughs> but 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 when they had the whole commie thing, did did anyone like really get in trouble who wasn't a commie? Well, yeah, if you all you have to do is pay attention to those stories about Stasi and some of the Romanian and East German uh, agencies. There's all kinds of no, people. I, I, I know that, but did it ever happen in your lifetime? You know, way back in the day with the commies. I Not in the United States it didn't, but I don't know. The rest of that, we were told stories. I don't know. I didn't document anything. I'm sure it's true. Mm. Makes sense. I mean, this is what this leads to. I mean, the first thing I think of when somebody comes up with an app like this or anything close to it, I first thing I think is, well, let's just, who don't I like? 
Well, they're doing it in Gitmo Nation Lowlands now as well. We got an uh, email from Nick. I'm oh, sorry, Nick Middlehouse. He says, Slave in Hengelo Twente, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. This week I received an announcement and request from the mayor of the city I live in Hengelo. In this letter, he informs all households about the local version of See Something, Say Something called Burgernet. Hengelo? Hengelo. Like Hengelo? Hengelo. Oh, okay. Um, so this thing is called Burgernet, which uh, he roughly translates correctly into Citizens Net, both referring to a network and as a net to catch something in. And uh, they have a whole. You no, know, he's asking uh, the mayor is asking people to register uh, to become part of this network to keep an eye out. And of course, this is all about uh, saving the children. Uh, and I, and he, he, it's always he, about saving yeah, the children. He included the letter. The letter literally yeah. says, you know, if a child gets like abducted, we all could like pitch in and find it. And meanwhile, uh, uh, downtown Hengelo now has dozens of cameras permanently monitored by the police. And uh, he goes on to say, Gitmo Nation Lowlands clearly beta ground for new slave projects. Oh, you, you've already, you've made this assertion yeah. from when we began yeah. the show. Yeah. I mean, you know, back four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. <laughs> back in 1963 when we started the show. Back in the olden days in 43. <laughs> All right, let's play some of your clips, my okay, friend. Okay, now I got a couple, and we just talked about guns a second ago. Now I want to play a clip here, which is the Mexican drug cartel clip. And tell me if you can, if you can find the anomaly in this story. The anomaly? The as, anomaly. As in something that sticks out as like a sore thumb? Yes. Okay. At a military base in Mexico City, soldiers use torches and hammers to destroy some of the 90,000 weapons the Mexican government says it has seized in the last four years. Most from the vicious war with the drug cartels. In that war, Mexican authorities are often outgunned by drug traffickers armed with high-powered weapons. Well, I would say if you need to destroy weapons, torches may not be the most effective thing no, to use. No, no, the, the anomaly is obvious. Oh, they're out gunning us, so let's grab their guns and wreck them. I mean, why don't they grab the guns and use them against them? I don't get it. Why do you take 90,000 guns and scrap them and then bitch about the fact you haven't got any guns? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it like that. They've done this all over the United States, too. They, they grab all these guns, and then they bitch, oh, they got more powerful guns than we do. You've stolen their guns. Why don't you use those guns? I mean, the ammunition is available at any gun shop. It's not like they're, they're mysterious ray guns that we can't use. We don't know how to operate. How does it work? How does it work? Oh, this is a terrible gun they've got. That's funny. I didn't even recognize that one. That's a good one. <laughs> 90,000 guns and then bitching about being outgunned doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They always take the the cars, don't they? You always see in, in the cop yeah, shows. Yeah, they sell them. No, but they, they, the, it's like, that's how Starsky and Hutz got their cool car. <laughs> right, they stole and that, it. And that's how Don Johnson always drove Ferraris because they were repossessed from drug dealers. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And tubs. Don Johnson. Tubs. Ricardo Tubbs. <laughs> hey, we could be the Miami Vice of the interwebs. Yeah, I could be Don Johnson. What, yeah. You could be. I could be. Uh, you could be Tubbs. I'll be Tubbs. Right. What was uh, Don Johnson's uh, character name? 
I can't remember. Someone you remembered is Don Johnson. I know. <laughs> the amazing. character known as Don Johnson. He had a name. It was like... Yeah, a, uh, uh, something in Tubbs. How, how, can we, how can we only remember you, Tubbs? How can we the, don't uh, remember the, me? The chat room will have it in two seconds. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember... I can't remember what it was. I know it was Ricardo Tubbs. Crockett. Crockett, right. Sonny Crockett. Hello. Sonny Crockett. I'm okay, Sonny so, Crockett, and you're Ricardo Tubbs. So, uh, <laughs> so they, you know, we, we discussed the, uh, the Star Whackers now and again. Oh, I have a clip from that if you want. Well, I have a couple clips. Where I'm gonna, you want to play your clip first? Is it, mine is about the, you know, the, the continued attack on Mel Gibson. And his. Ooh, well, l- l- let me um, play my uh, clip because uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter was on, uh, I think it's uh, Lopez's show. And uh, it was a little bit of setup from, uh, this is from uh, the uh, Canadian National Treasure. Um, that there is a five, apparently a $500,000 bond out on them. And that's why Dog, of course, is so uh, interested. Um, you know, fast forward just to the bit of Lopez's show. Bail was raised on them to $500,000 each to assure their appearance in our jurisdiction. Whoa! <laughs> in seeking refugee status here, Randy told the courts he's been working in Canada for 40 years. He was Oscar-nominated and was not about to besmirch his credibility by not appearing for his refugee hearing at a later date. He and his wife both claim they still own part of that property in California that they are accused of squatting on and have the paperwork to prove it. Are you going after Randy Quaid? Well, we're giving, on your show, we're, we're announcing that, you know, he has a chance to call the authorities and turn himself in and you know at least do it for your wife and for how you were raised if not the chapman family is coming after what a douchebag you know i'd like to see him go to canada and grab uh, randy quaid and get him back to the united states because i think the canadians no, have, they won't have it they won't have it they won't have it they i think it's like a re i mean this guy would be extradited back to canada and thrown in jail he, that already happened in mexico i think once where he tried to pick someone up there, and the Mexicans weren't having it. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, the guy's uh, a publicity hound. It, but it's it's sad. He's not going to do sad. anything. Sad. sad. All right. Mel, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Okay, so Mel Gibson. So we show up on the on the Joy Behar show a discussion of Mel Gibson. What <laughs> happened apparently? And of course, you know this is a beta test ground. One can of the can shows I just that, say one thing that's really unfortunate? Uh, I too saw this show. <sighs> So, oh, sorry. It's really so. You wait a minute. Let's well, hold on a how second. How sad. Well, I was cooking again. I always watch Joy Behar when I'm cooking. <sighs> she's on the perfect time. I'm trying to think what time she's on, but okay, she's I'll, on I'll, I'll, I'll let she's that on slide. I don't know why you'd want to watch Joy Behar, especially after giving me grief. So anyway, so she had. They would apparently uh, Winona Ryder, you know, felonous uh, shoplifter, and she's been, you know, she's basically a criminal. Yeah. And uh, she said she said that 15 she years apparently ago, apparently was doing an interview with GQ magazine and dropped a couple of bombshells uh, in there about Mel Gibson. And uh, that I, so I have two clips here. The Mel. And so they decided to discuss this, of course, on the Joy Behar show. So they give Mel crap. But play the part one and then we'll play part two. OK, now back to Joy. In a new interview with GQ, Winona Ryder says she's not all along that Mel Gibson was an anti-Semitic homophobe jerk. Thanks to an awkward run-in with him 15 years ago at a Hollywood party. She says this about Mel, quote, he was really drunk. I was with my friend, who's gay. 
he made a really horrible gay joke, and somehow it came up that I was Jewish. He said something about oven dodgers, but I didn't even get it. I'd never heard that before. It was just this weird, weird moment. You know, Mel is like the Titanic. He couldn't sink any lower, in my opinion. And I, I have, oh, I have to introduce you guys. I forgot. All right, and this is the show where she has John Lovitz and Jay Thomas on, two uh, very that, dynamic not in this guys. Segment, yeah, well, no, and it was in this segment because they no, responded it to it. Yes, it was. I no, saw the wasn't. show. I saw the show. You may have seen the show, but you didn't see the, the segment. Had a, a, a Jewish comic. It had some woman who I've never seen before, and and then the guy from AOL. Those were the three people on this panel. Wow, what show was I watching? You were either watching an old, a different show. Hmm. This was on last night. Oh, okay. All right. And this was about the. And this whole episode is about oven dodgers. Oh, so I, saw, I saw the prelude to this, which was the night before. Oh, so they're they're just they're, oh, so the, piling so, on. Well, it worked. So the beta test worked, and they're moving ahead with the agenda. So they came up with this new term, oven dodger, which apparently Gibson used. I've never, you know, I've never and everyone's going, I never heard of it. I never heard of it. And the Jewish guy said, I never heard. Nobody's what, ever heard what, of this. What is this, so. what, what is this supposed to mean? Like you didn't, you weren't fried in the oven, therefore you're an oven dodger and Jewish? Is, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, wow. yeah. Do you really I think guess. this guy said that? No. Nah. I think that, and she was 15 years ago, and she remembers all this, but doesn't remember the gay joke, which is probably, you know, but the whole thing seems like it was scripted. But whatever the case is, then it goes to part two, and the Jewish guy who was sitting there was a Jewish comic, can't think of his name. He actually, you know, they, they finish off with the part two, which actually has kind of a punchline to it. Okay. All the hits, like a, uh, whatchamacallit, a scapegoat, maybe a Jewish person. Go ahead. Like Jew on this panel. Anyway, the, the, the Weasel, right? the Weasel mm-hmm. Center released its 2010 top of 10 anti-Semitic slurs, and Mel did not make the cut. <laughs> Helen it? Thomas is on this list. Wow. Rick Sanchez and Oliver Stone are all on that list. Wow. Uh, wow. Isn't that something? Mel, that shouldn't he be on the work. list? He's yes. got the entire list. Hey, can you get off his his back, please, for a second? First of all, he's a great actor. He's a star, and I give him five Zig Heils. All right. (laughs) So, why do you bring this clip up? I don't know. Oh, because I I I will agree with you that it's part of the Hollywood whack. I can't believe anyone would would say that. And it's not not funny. It's not it's not a meme. It's not a joke. It just makes no sense. And Winona Ryder, of course, is highly suspicious. As being I think the whole thing is just part of the, just what uh, Quaid says. He says Mel Gibson is under attack. He's right. got a lot of money. He's under he's, attack. In fact, right. he's one of the richest guys in Hollywood. Totally. Yeah, I, I agree. He's under attack. And uh, this seems like just part of the attack. And it's like a 15-year-old anecdote. And, there, and it's become, it's like, the, it, was a, it was a whole block. Hmm. I only cut it in two pieces. And there, but there was a lot more than I played. And then you say it was on the night before, too? Yes, yes, because they had Jay Thomas and uh, John Lovitz on, and uh, it was all, at first it was, a, it was about don't ask, don't tell, and then they segued right into uh, the Winona Ryder story and the Oven Dodgers, and it, it was surreal. I mean, the whole, I was like, what? What are you guys talking about? Very interesting. So they ran the same Oven Dodger story two, day, two nights in a row? Yes, sir. Wow. Well, that proves two things. One, they're out to get him. And two, I don't watch Joy Behar all the time. And they, <laughs> me neither. And uh, they just replaced <clears throat> Mel Gibson on Hangover 2 with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton makes uh, uh, a, um, a cameo appearance. 
What's Hangover 2? It's the sequel to Hangover, the movie, the big successful movie. Oh, Jesus. Hmm. I'm glad so. Oh, Hangover. The ha- oh, that, that's a huge, great movie. Yeah, exactly. So he is, so Clinton is in the sequel, apparently replacing Oh, Mel as Gibson. a cameo. Okay, yes, right, apparently heard, replacing yeah. uh, Mel Gibson. So, yeah, so I, I, you know, I think it's right. Someone's out to get him, to get his money, to get his residuals, and we fear for his life. Yeah, he should go. If I was him, I'd get back to Australia as fast <laughs> I'd, as I I'd could. be down under so fast. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Screw, Screw that. It. Screw that. The Russians are after him. So I got, I got like three things I just want to say in parting, even though we got a little bit of time left. One, um, I think that, you know, all of the distractions that we've got going on, a couple of things are, are flying under the radar which need to be brought to the top. One is the START Treaty, <clears throat> which uh, caught my attention when Bill Clinton brought it up in that, um, when he all of a sudden he shows up at the White House. And Obama says, hey, I got to go to a Christmas party with Michelle because otherwise she's going to beat my ass. Uh, what, so, that's, by the way, he said it again there. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I said, uh, yeah, uh, and, and even Bill Clinton said, I don't, I don't want to keep her waiting because she knows she's the real president. She and Valerie. And, uh, and then, so Bill Clinton lays into you know, the tax thing and the compromise is good. And by the way, I think the START Treaty is really good. The START Treaty with America and Russia, I don't trust it. I've got bad feelings about this. A, because it's so underreported. No one's talking about it. But every, the president even mentions it in his, uh, in his address this week, which is his Christmas address. And, uh, and he says, you know, hey, we're doing the START Treaty. Do you know what this is, the START Treaty? Yeah, it's, a, it's an arms control agreement. Yeah, with Russia. Yeah. Did you, well, I, I, but, you know, I don't trust it. Why? Because Russia is controlled by mobsters. Well, that's, yeah, we know that. In fact, we know that from the, uh, diplom- from the uh, leaked memos. We won't know uh, where the, uh, the missile defense elements, well, we won't have the freedom to choose where, where things are placed. Uh, Russia gets, I think, from what I've read, okay, because not all this is public, um, I think uh, it's uh, huge issues between us and China with Russia in the middle there. I just, you know what? I wish there was some reporting on it because I'm not a, I'm not a friggin' international analyst. All I know is it's like a nuclear arms treaty being put in place and no one's talking about it. The only in people, the olden days during the... It was all uh, like, we talked about in the olden yeah. days. It's all we talked about. That's what right. I grew up with. I was like, wow, wow, we're reducing nuclear arms. And I was like, ah, Star Trek. Blah, blah, blah. And and yeah. every politician mentions it, but there's no reporting on it, and that's what bothers me. And then there's another. Well, you know, it's funny because I've obviously been hypnotized into not thinking like that, which I should have been. Mm-hmm. So I will now uh, start seeing. We'll set. To, we have to start looking into it. So obviously, you're right. I think you're dead right. We're we've been we've been kind of. Uh, Pushed into the, you know, Mel Gibson and the... Yeah, WikiLeaks. Uh, and uh, what's-her-name smoking a babong? Uh, <laughs> well, Miley Cyrus. By the way, that's pretty hot. That is a hot picture of Miley Cyrus smoking that bong. She's puffing away on something. It's like, like nobody knows her taking a movie while she's looking right in the camera. <laughs> but you're right. We got completely distracted by all that. There's one other thing. So um, um and and this actually um what's the name of this show? Hold on, it's um it's on CNBC. It's the guy who actually does some pretty good work. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, uh what's the you know the guy uh, with the D something? Ah, come on, help me out the here, John. The guy with the D. Not he's not a Thanks. douche. He's not a douchebag. 
No, it's the it's the guy uh, who does the show at night, and uh, and he always has interesting people on, and he's always talking about the Federal on Reserve. On CNBC? On CNBC, yeah. And he's always talking about how the the White House, uh, he's always talking about you know, the bailouts and where the money's really going. Ah, crap. Let me see if I can find look, it. Go look up CNBC.com and see if you can see him on the list. Uh, here it is. I've got it here. Um, well, it just takes a second to load. I wasn't quite. Pre- I wasn't prepared for not remembering the guy's name. <laughs> How horrible is this? Anyway, yeah. so he, he's 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 done the things on. Uh, he, he's always talking about the Federal Reserve. Um, how they're printing money. He does all the inside analysis on uh, the quantitative easing. And, of course, no one watches the show because the only time anyone watches CNBC is when the markets are open during the yeah, day. Yeah, that's true. No and, they, one, and everybody, all, who, all of everybody who's in the business watches CNBC during that era, that, that period. And then right. they turn, that's it. Oh, nobody watches nothing. So, um, so of course, the, so here's this is the story, the underreported story is the Federal Reserve came out earlier uh, in the week and and they said, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, we gave some money to some foreign banks, and that was kind of, it's kind of that's exactly the voice they use. And uh, we gave some money to foreign banks because they were sued and they had to uh, report on this money. And and of course, the only real reporting that came out was the three point three trillion dollars that went to uh, foreign banks. Uh, but there was another little line there that says, "Oh, and nine trillion dollars in other transactions." <laughs> nine trillion so, and <laughs> in other, yes, other, yeah. It's Dylan Radigan is the guy's name. Oh, that guy, Dylan yeah, Radigan. Right. Yeah, he's okay. So he has uh, Chris Wallen from Institutional Risk Analytics. And the guy's written a book, so the guy's hawking a book. But he uh, he brings out some points that I believe we just need to touch on. Um, about, uh, well, he says, you know, he actually, this guy, I think at one point in this interview says, WikiLeaks, if anything, it's covering up the biggest news in history, which is the actual evidence that the Federal Reserve stole money from the uh, citizens of Gitmo Nation, United States, and gave it to foreigners and foreign banks and uh, that were still on the verge of collapse. It's just been shifting money from point A to point B. And he just gives some interesting insight into this, and uh, I wanted to share that with you. My pleasure to welcome him to our program. Nice, nice to, to see you. Uh, so we give him all this money. Right. What do they do with the money? Well, primarily the Fed was managing the deflation of the non-bank financial sector. All of these vehicles that have been floated on Wall Street, whether with asset-backed securities, mortgage backs, SIVs, which almost took Citigroup down. And this was Wall Street's way and, and really America's way of getting access to even more credit than the banking system could support. Now it's all collapsing on itself. And what we're seeing is the, the legacy, the record that the Fed has now very kindly provided to us of what they had to do to essentially prevent the whole economy from falling in on itself. And, and so when we give, you know, I saw Goldman Sachs at the peak took $24 billion, yeah, I guess. That's right. Uh, and Goldman said, oh, we didn't need any money. We don't need anything. Oh, well, no, they would have failed. They would have. They took. Yeah. So when when we when the U.S. taxpayer was nice enough to give Goldman Sachs $24 billion. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Goldman Sachs benefited the U.S. taxpayer by doing what? 
By doing nothing, they went off to make money for their shareholders again. So, the, the benefit, so you're, it's only the threat that if you don't give me the money, I'll destroy everything. Yeah, but that's not a good argument. You see, the Fed was set up to help the real economy when Wall Street periodically destroyed itself. So the folks at the Fed have become so corrupt and so captured by the banking industry that we've turned the whole thing on its head. So what does that mean for my mother? Well, the Fed is now there to support the speculators, and they let the real economy go to hell. Right. So I like this because, of course, Ron Paul... That's yeah, clip of the day. It, well, the, it, he, he takes it one step further with the next little clip. It's a little shorter. Uh, so Ron Paul, of course, uh, the guy who I've been supporting since before this show began, the kook from Texas, as most people call him, who don't know what the hell he's about. Oh, you mean that kook from Texas? Yeah, that one. He is now uh, uh, going to be on the oversight. Is it subcommittee? Yeah, it's a subcommittee. He's the chief. He's the head honcho. They they weren't, weren't going to give it to him because they were afraid he's going to do what he's going to do. Well, of course he's going to. It's, it's not going to make a huge dent, but it will once again wake people up to what is really going on. And what he can do is he can just hold endless committee meeting after committee meeting. And I think that uh, he's doing a great service because then our job, John, your job and mine, is to watch C-SPAN. Uh, so no, no one else. Yes. So no one else has to. <laughs> that's that's a very important part of what our job. Do so you don't have to. So we can continue to expose what is really going on. Well, I'll play the second part of that clip then. Oh my gosh, this will blow you away. The, the impact, the negative effect of the speculation, in, especially in residential mortgages, uh, was so awful that the Fed had to come to the aid of big corporations, too, which were cut off from commercial I, paper. I looked at the list. I mean, obviously GE, which is hugely right. dependent. And, and here's but the thing. McDonald's, Harley-Davidson. I mean, the list is no joke. Verizon. But right. The, the thing is, you hear the administration, you hear Fed officials talking about corporations sitting on big cash balances. It's because they have to. They're terrified. They're worried about losing markets. Market access first, but there. What does that mean? Losing market access well, they, to what? To, to be able to go out and issue commercial paper to, to, be, able to, re- to be able to raise more money. They're afraid right. they'll, they'll get cut off again. Right. And the other thing is, because they're so uncertain about the market, they have to keep more cash. Say your Cisco or Ford or whoever to finance your customers, because you can't take that account receivable that money and go to the bank and, and, the bank the money. and, and turn and discount it. That's right. I thought that was amazing. I had no idea. That the Federal Reserve had actually provided money to McDonald's, to well to GE, of course. GE might as well just call them the government. Um, and uh, Verizon, are you kidding me? We have to do a little more work on on this stuff. Well, the thing is, the documents were published, but no one has done any work because we're all too busy looking at if Sarkozy is a shrimp. He's got a big ass. Yeah, right. And if uh, if someone else is fiddling with kids, it was a Qaddafi, by the way. I, no, Qaddafi and his blonde nurse. You know what was funny about the Qaddafi thing? Because I, I, I've, you know, what happens now is every single day a new WikiLeaks uh, cable comes out. And none of the uh, pub- the Guardian, the New York Times, no one links to the original cable. I, I, I'm sorry. The uh, the Guardian will publish, will copy it, but doesn't actually link to a wiki- the website. No, which makes me suspicious. 
Um, yeah, they don't want to link to the website because in case somebody just says, okay, we're shutting the website down for good, they don't want any. Or, or they've they already nev- actually they taken never the li- away. No, they never link to anything. They never link. Yeah, they never link. They never link. And I just like to see it on, you know, then I go to, to WikiLeaks Mirror and I go looking for it and I can't find it. I'm like, mm-hmm. Okay, so you leak it to the Guardian and I can't find the original. But anyway, I digress. So I, I start bumping up against a couple other ones. And uh, did you know that, um, so this Gaddafi, you, would you say he's a good guy? Gaddafi? Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a notorious person, at least the way he's portrayed, but I don't know that he's a bad person. I don't know. I mean, he had his couple of his kids killed by Reagan, mm-hmm. and he's kind of backed off a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if, if he's a if, good guy or not. I don't think so. If he paid you a million dollars, would you go perform at his birthday party or a birthday party of his family? Gaddafi? Yeah. I don't see why not. Bastard. I would. What, what, what has he done to me? I don't know that anything that, that's ever been attributed to Gaddafi, especially that phony baloney bombing of that flight, the Pan Am flight, which everybody knows wasn't his doing. It was out of Syria. Mm. And I think it's been pretty well documented by the British press for years. Mm. I mean, I don't know what Gaddafi's ever done, except to say, I think he was like a part-time terrorist in the 1960s, and he doesn't do that anymore. Well, if you, can, if you can sing Beyonce or Usher tunes, then you could make some money next year. I can't sing. I'm like you. <laughs> because they, they perform for him. And that, that's, like, that's the kind of stuff that's in these cables. Yeah. Well, they're trying to slam these people. But meanwhile, there's not a single shred of document about 9-11. Not a single shred of document about the Oklahoma City bombing. Not a single shred. Not a single, single anything cable document about the Federal Reserve or this money being sent to banks. Nothing. Yeah, but, 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 but. The Federal Reserve thing, I think, is, 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 I think you're valid there. But the other stuff predates the time frame of the documents. The D- time disagree. Of the documents. Disagree. They have documents going back to 1968. I don't know of that. Yes. Well, go look at WikiLeaks. Uh, go look at the mirror. It's uh, from like 68 up until February 2010. Oh, I actually look at this stuff. I'm actually I'm I'm not just spouting off here. I actually go in and look at it and try and, and figure the, it since out. Since the documents have not been released, you don't know that those documents aren't yet in there. Thank you. You don't. You don't know. They should oh, just oh, dump and, it. and by the way, and by the way, why the hell? Explain to me. Why the hell does Bank of America come out and say we're not doing any transactions for WikiLeaks? Do these guys want, I mean, are they looking for a takedown of their bank? What is the point? If you, I mean, first of all, no one would even think that Bank of America would do any business for them. And after uh, we had the, the attacks from whoever it is, Anonymous or what, whatever group was doing it, uh, on PayPal, MasterCard, Visa, and Amazon, why would you actually come out and make a statement and say, well, we're not doing it either, but, but our infrastructure can handle any attack? Because that's exactly what Bank of America did on Friday. What is that about? How stupid are you? Maybe they think their infrastructure can handle any attack, or they were told to do it, or or maybe was, they need to go down. Maybe they're playing a game of chicken with the WikiLeaks guy because they know that they're the target of the of the next release of stuff. I think that's I think that's what it is. You know, in in two thousand nine, I think uh, Julian Assange gave an interview with Computer Magazine. Computer, what was it? I have it somewhere. Not Whatever. P, not, not PC. I think it was like computer. It wouldn't be PC magazine. No, it we, be. Go ahead. We do. It's 
Well, anyway, in, in that interview, he says, yeah, we're sitting on a, a five gigabyte hard drive of a Bank of America executive, and uh, we're going to release that one day. So that, I that's wish they'd hurry this, up and release it. I'm getting tired of waiting. Yeah, that's where all the speculation comes from uh, about Bank of America. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they are playing chicken. Um, or maybe Bank of America just needs to go down in, in flames. You know, maybe it's time. Maybe it's all a setup. Maybe it's like, you know what, we got to go. We might as well blame it on Assange. We might as well blame it on anonymous uh, uh, hackers, hacktivists, and let's just go. Let's just let's just take it all yeah, down. Yeah, let's get out of here before we're, while they're getting it, good. It could be a real financial destruction. Why else would you do that? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, why don't you just shut up? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. So I got a exactly clip, a Bank of America clip, showing what an onerous, creepy company they are. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, from a 60 Minutes uh, show where they woman was talking about how the, they had all these, you know, these, these government programs that nobody's implement. You know, they've done a poor job at implementing where you could refinance your ho- home somehow. Yeah, like 12, 12 people did that. Yeah, it's like 12 people did it. And she says the way it generally work with the Bank of America is that they'd say, oh, yeah, here's what, it, here's what your new program would be like if it gets approved. And they say, here's your payments. You make these payments, and then you make these really low payments. And about six to nine months later, they say, eh, it looks like you weren't approved. We're putting your house up for sale. <laughs> and she said, wait a minute. I have been making payments. She said, that's too bad. And then she said, the woman says, and they now they, they charge her interest on all the payments she didn't make on the old rate. Right. But they also charge her for all the advertising the Bank of America did trying to sell her place out from under her. And anyway, just play. It's just typical. Really? But play this clip. Months later, she called about the permanent mod. And they said, um, it's still under review. Keep sending those payments. So I did. June 2nd, I got a letter from Bank of America stating that I couldn't qualify under the making homes affordable. And then come July of this year, I hadn't heard anything still as to what my options might be and I called again and she said well it's still under review and I said well I just got a letter from your law firm stating that you're going to auction off my house August 27th so how can it be under review Yaffe was able to get the auction stayed until November 26th but now owes even more in arrearages and fees so I'm roughly I would say approximately about $23,000 behind Turns out she even pays for ads the bank puts in the paper announcing she's in default. (laughs) This is the ad that they charge $700 an ad. Notice of mortgagee's sale of real estate, $700, Bank of America, Harmon Law Offices, but you paid for it. It ends up getting tacked onto what I end up owing the bank. Yaffe's sister, Mary Meaden, helped their brother, James, apply for a HAP modification through Wells Fargo after he lost his job. The loan was even backed by the VA. I worked with my brother consistently, probably two, three times a week. He was at my house. He was sending things certified, faxed. Every single week, a letter went to Wells Fargo and to the Veterans Loan Servicing Administration. That was- but foreclosure came before modification. Um, they began eviction proceedings on him. and um, Didn't they just sign... Some kind of like agreement where they're not going to do oh, something. They, they sign anything they want. They still keep doing this. These guys are basically, as far as I can tell, they're, it's, a, it's almost like a criminal pursuit, almost. Now, by the way, this was on the news hour. I take it back. It wasn't on 60 Minutes. It was on PBS. And every time I said, Bank of America underwriters for PBS. And Bank of America underwriters for PBS. <laughs> because really? They're underwriters, they're underwriters so for PBS? So I have to assume that they even soft-pedaled the story since they're underwriters for underwriters PBS. Underwriters for PBS. Underwriters for PBS, yeah. And... Um, 
This is the right. only reason why why this show is good, is because we don't have underwriters for no agenda. Yeah, we don't have to make excuses for our, you know, when we talk about Bank of America, we don't have to say they're underwriters for the show, no. uh, and which makes me immediately suspicious that it's, that it's not being covered correctly because it's a, it's basically corrupt. Right. Um, anyway, the Bank of America is if they have memos that show that they're doing the, you know what this this is a scheme they're just using it to exploit people so they can get you know squeeze a few extra dollars out of them and then sue them after they sell their house underwater. Um, it's just ridiculous, and I hope that uh, the WikiLeaks guy who gets that stuff out. I mean, this other bull crap, the State Department stuff, which is creating a big scene, it's just it's it's just idle gossip. It's crap. It, it just there's nothing there. It's been redacted. There's no names. It's bull crap. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I well, I, it feels to me like there is definitely something afoot. Like. Uh, <laughs> And I'm not just talking about some Washington State. Some off Washington State shores. No, no, but there, it really feels like something's going on, uh, particularly with Bank of America, because they there's a whole bunch, just a flurry of news, all kind of at the same time, and we're all waiting for the uh, you know for something to come out. You know, Assange keeps saying, "Well, we got something on the bank." I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay, come on already." And then you and then you get this Bank of America, and I couldn't even find it. If you go to the Bank of America website. There's no there's no news report that says, "Eh, screw you. We're not afraid of you." There's nothing there, nothing in the news reports, yet their spokeshole um is all over the place uh saying exactly this. His name is uh, Scott Silvestri. Hmm. And uh and he's the one that's been doing all these uh statements. And I can can't find much on him other than he has had a couple of interesting jobs, Scott Silvestri. He's been around He's a player for sure. He's not just any old like PR douche inside the company. So I'm thinking maybe the whole bank needs to come down. Maybe maybe well, it's all set up. up. I think you're right. Something's up. Something's up with that. Something's up with the Star Treaty. We're not getting good news coverage. We're going to have obviously the two of us are going to have to deconstruct the Star Treaty. There's probably something in there that's interesting. And uh, yeah, we need some help on that. By the way. Need, yeah, if anybody's good at reading through some of this stuff, we wouldn't mind some uh, input, some deconstructions. And we also need some more money because we're running out. Uh, Noagendashow.com, org slash NA. We're short, let's put it that way. And uh, I don't know, that's about it. I've got a, I got a, 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 throw, a couple of throw, a real short throwaway clip. Sure. What you got? And then I also have an end of show clip I'd like to play. Mm, what is that one? It's the Mothra clip. It's the final scenes from Godzilla versus Mothra <laughs> around 1992, <laughs> and it's worth a listen, believe me. Okay, all right. <laughs> but all right. The, play the WTF clip. What does this mean? Okay, and where's this from, or does that give it away? This is from uh, KTLA, uh-huh. your neck of the woods. That's right. And yes. it is a uh, just a, a clip. It was the end of I just caught it. It wasn't what I was clipping, but it was about the, the earthquakes in in, uh, in Mexico, these minor earthquakes, which apparently have shifted the, oh, the yes, fault yeah. lines down where you are, so yes. you're going to expect a big whopper yes. pretty yeah. soon. We're all going to a, die. There was a commentary in here that I thought was weird. Quake. The Mexicali quake triggered movement on at least six faults, including the Elsinore and San Jacinto faults. Those faults run close and to heavily populated areas in eastern L.A. County and the Inland Empire. I saw the exact report. Wait, wait. But we don't care. Inland Empire. That's that's what they call it. It's called Inland Empire. You've never heard that? 
Yeah, I have, but I never until I just listened to that clip. I never, I didn't realize. Oh what yeah, I was, oh yeah. No. I was hearing the word Inland Empire. Oh, it took me forever to understand. There's two things that they that they do on the news here that I never, that I didn't understand for a long time. One is Inland Empire took a long time for me to figure out. Well, okay. And so you're in the Inland Empire. I am in the in, inland in the Inland Empire. And Sigalert, that's another one. Sigalert. Oh yeah, Sigalert. Because it doesn't actually stand for anything. Sigalert, other than. Uh, traffic that's doing something we didn't expect it to. Sig, sig means signal. Si- no, 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 no. I've I've looked it up. It doesn't mean okay. signal. It's well, like, the inlet. You're in the inland, inland empire. Well, you'll notice that it go. It's really East LA, so we don't care. No, it said, just, East, it said East LA and the inland empire. East LA all the way up to the inland empire. We don't care. East LA can just break apart and fall and uh, fall down into the middle of the earth. We don't care. We don't care here because we're poor people live. Don't you understand? We don't care. I thought the inland. So the what is the inland? Is that Pasadena or yes, is it where, where, where is the empire? Do they have the great roads around it? <laughs> it's not. It's not where I, I live. I, I thought you I, lived in an empire. You're live, in the Outland Empire. I live in the. I live in the safe zone <laughs> here at the at the Watchtower. Nothing wrong here. Nothing's going to happen. Now they've been predicting like, oh, it's a six point five coming. Yeah, right. They've been predicting predicting that for weeks. In fact, it's been quite a while since we've had even a tremor. Mm. We oh, had, that's not good. <laughs> no, we got the big one coming. Uh, if it's not that, it's Al Qaeda. Something's going to get us for sure. Something bad. Something bad is going to happen because if you're not living in fear, you're un-American. Damn it! All right. So my last clip will be the Mothra clip, which will be at the end of the show, which I think everyone will be highly amused by. All right. I I just wanted to. Uh, See, I had one more story, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, actually, it's a. Uh, I wish they had an advertisement. Uh, it's called Fresh Start. You can find them at freshstartprivate.com. You really need to look this website up. It's uh, breaking the cycle of alcohol addiction. And uh, at FSP, as they call it, Fresh Start Pirate, uh, Private, <coughs> it's the only alcohol treatment program. What's, fre- what's the website? Fresh Start what? Freshstartprivate.com. It is the only alcohol treatment program in the world to offer a single administration, long-acting naltrexone implant procedure that has been approved for use by a regulatory body. (laughs) Well, it has an asterisk. It has an asterisk. I wonder who that regulatory body is. (laughs) Oh, God, there's a guy that comes on the screen and flashes and starts talking to me. Oh, really? I don't have that. Hold on a second. Yeah, he's looking at it. He walks into the screen. He's now in 3D. Hold on. Let me bring him up. Uh, Let me see if I can... (laughs) I was Get looking off at, my screen. But do you have the woman like with her head on the table with the alcohol? Yeah. Well, where's the guy? I don't have the guy here. He's not. The walking. guy's standing right there. He, he walked onto the screen and now he's <laughs> yakking at me. He's not. Oh, here he is. Hello. Welcome to Fresh Start Private. Oh my God. A new revolutionary way to deal with alcoholism. <laughs> he's got a he's By got a, now, a doctor's jacket on because you or a loved one has found it impossible Lab to cope code. with the addiction of alcohol yes. and the tragic yes. effects it has on you and your family's wealth, yes. health and stability. My friend John needs to go. Up until now, treatment for alcohol has been mostly through psychological and faith healing programs, <laughs> but none have faith ever dealt healing. with the physical side of addiction. <laughs> faith healing. We at Fresh Start Private immediately deal with the problem of addiction by taking addiction out of the picture. Within hours after our treatment, you can return back to work without the cravings for alcohol. This is amazing, John. What this Daily is fantastic. Or weekly meetings to attend or lengthy stays at costly treatment centers Screw with AA. Psychological We're putting them out of business, damn it. Our treatment is immediate. 
and lasts for up to one year and in most cases requires Whoa. only one treatment. <laughs> With an 85% success rate. It's an implant. The closest you get yeah. to curing this terrible... Is this for real? Can this really do it? Is this... I don't know. I have no idea. It's probably some sort of... Uh, that uh, What's a, something abuse? The stuff that's in a for, more concentrated form? I can't remember the name of it. You know, that... Yeah. Whatever it is. It's amazing, though, isn't it? Enddrinkingnow.com. But I love all the... Uh, all the pictures. Okay, now there's a woman. She's head. She's she's face. She's done a face plant on the table, and she's got a half drinking glass of sh- apparently champagne since champagne glass. She's probably not not too drunk. Wouldn't they have like a big tumbler full of scotch? Why doesn't she have like some? Puke oh, how out much of her champagne mouth? do you have to drink to be an alcoholic? <laughs> look at the, look at the guy in the clip below. He looks like he's he's pouring himself a, a wine there, and he looks really bad. Let me just look at this. I'll start. <laughs> I might have to play this clip. This is uh, Naltrexone. Oh, now, yeah, is. now he's looking. Now. Naltrexone is the... Oh, uh, the guy's got a wine bottle. Oh, you got to play this clip. It's hilarious. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. The guy goes, I, I got to drink this wine. Everything yeah. was a mess. He, he friends, likes looking at labels, marriage, apparently. I was totally <laughs> out of control. I was are like, you more attached to a bottle than you are to your loved ones? Yes. Is alcohol damaging your relationships, your job, and even your family? Have you tried recovery before? Look at this guy. Frustrated. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, it's horrible. I rehabs. These <laughs> rehabs didn't work for me because they could only work. Wow. Wow. Anyway, it's just the start of all the implant stuff. Which this guy, he's got a beer bottle and he's looking at the label. He's got a can of beer. He's looking at the label. It's pretty amazing, though, isn't it? And they're yeah. public. Look at that stock symbol C E Y Y. Wow. Ooh, C E Y Y. I put that one on the. Uh, yeah, put that one on the looks list. Like one to pick. That's a pick to click. <laughs> All right. Also included in the uh, in the show notes this week. Uh, full video of more riots in Greece that, of course, are not being shown here. Oh, we don't show anything here. No, why would we? Why do we show any of that here? And uh, boy, it's, the 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 Greece police, the riot police, don't look too the happy. Greece police, the Greece police are getting like firebombed, man. It's like Molotov cocktails. They don't they don't look like they're doing too good. And of course, too well. I hate it when you do that. My daughter does it to me. Go ahead. They're not looking too well. That doesn't sound right. Too good. It, it is right. Go on. Keep talking. Well, now, now you distracted me. Other than that, other than that, uh, looks like they're getting their ass kicked. Is what I'm trying ah, to say. That's even better. Yeah, they're getting their ass kicked, and of course, this is what is bound to happen when uh, the young people of Gitmo Nation rise up. We need more of that. It's all good. We don't have the wherewithal anymore to do anything like that. We're we're doomed. We don't. But we will continue to propagate the message. If you can, please, please, please help us. Dvorak.org. Yeah, before we take it off the air. Yeah, Dvorak, yeah by the new uh, porn uh, regulations, Dvorak.org slash NA um, or channeldvorak.com slash NA or just go to noagendashow.com and that is where you can uh, find our donation page. And we have a clip from, uh, what was it, Godzilla, you said? Godzilla versus Mothra. <laughs> As our end of show clip. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will be here on, uh, what is it, uh, Thursday? So that's what, it's at the 23rd? Yeah. And then we'll be here on Sunday, which is the second day of Christmas. Yeah, we're, so, we're working right through the holidays. Right through the holidays. We're no pussies, we're just keeping it going. And then on... Uh, See, because I'm going up to Big Bear, but I think it fits perfectly because we're back on the second is then the is uh, our next show, I think. 
Sounds good. Something like that. Or the first, whatever. But we don't stop. We don't stop for fake holidays or celebrations of stuff we have nothing to celebrate for. It's going to be a cold, cold Christmas at this rate. Hope you enjoy your coins. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West, where it's uh, really, really raining cats and dogs. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it actually stopped raining, but it's going to start again, I understand. It's going to keep raining for days, they say. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again one day before your last day of Christmas shopping, right here on No Agenda. I just can't believe it. Thatcher was going to stop the meteorite from landing. Tell us, this meteorite, will it completely destroy the planet? It will. Thatcher's been waiting around for many years. It was going to destroy the meteorite in 1999, but now Thatcher's dead and gone. Do you think Mothra will do it for us? Mothra will do it. The large meteorite is presently on its course to Earth. Mothra will fly out and try to change its course before it reaches here. Why are they making such a sacrifice for us? That's something I'd really like to know. Simple. Because it made a promise it vowed to keep. A promise to Batra. A promise? Of course, that's right. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> 